I addressed the issue of the bounty program for hogging coyote year, uh, years a couple of years ago to this body. My question is, why is Commissioner's Court continuing to fund this program with our county tax dollars? Sure, hogs and coyotes are a problem for some in the county. Fire ants are also a big problem. Is the county going to provide its free fire ant bait to landowners? $48,000 were budgeted for this program in FY 2021 and $40,000 for FY 2022. For FY 2022, $14,000 has been paid out in bounty. That leaves $26,000 in budgeted money available in this fund. I suggest that the program be closed for FY22 and the remaining $26,000 be split between the four precincts. Appraised values for Fayette uh, County taxpayers have increased as much as 20% this year. People are struggling to pay for food and gas. Is it fair for county taxpayers to continue paying for what is essentially a private landowner problem? There are bigger needs in the county budget that need to be met. The cost of fuel, road materials, and everything else has skyrocketed. If you are serious about cutting the fat from the budget, it is my opinion that the bounty program should cease to exist and that this money be used to address more pressing issues. I appreciate those comments. Does anyone else have anything they might add? Okay. I have a motion. <coughs> Accept all comments and close <coughs> the comment. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? All in favor? Agenda item three is considered to take appropriate action on a request from Ms. Kathy Shoddy, who is with us this morning, for the ringing of the bell ceremony to use the courthouse lawn on Saturday, September 17, 2022, from 2.45 to 4 p.m. Thank you, Judge Weber, and thank you, Commissioners. Like Judge said, my name is Kathy Shoddy, and I'm a member of the Smith McMillan Chapter National Society Daughters of the American Revolution. <clears throat> During the week of September 17th through 23rd, DAR promotes Constitution Week. This observance was initiated by DAR in 1955 when DAR petitioned the U.S. Congress to dedicate September 17th through 23rd of each year to the commemoration of Constitution Week. Congress adopted the resolution, and on August 2nd, 1956, President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed it into public law number 915. The celebration's goals are threefold. One, to encourage the study of the historical events that led to the framing of the Constitution in September 1787. Second, to remind the public that the Constitution is the basis of America's great heritage and the foundation for its way of life. And third, and to emphasize the U.S. citizens' responsibility to protect, defend, and preserve the U.S. Constitution. I would like to ask this court to allow us to use the courtyard lawn on September 17th at 2.45 to hold a bell ringing ceremony. <clears throat> During this short ceremony, we will recite the preamble to the Constitution of the United States of America. We will tell some interesting facts about the Constitution, and then at 3 o'clock, ring our bells for one minute. The bells were sounded by churches in Boston after the Constitution was signed in 1787. 
Local chapters of DAR will hold such ceremonies across this great nation. I would also like to ask that this court sign a proclamation designating the week of September 17th through 23rd as Constitution Week in Fayette County. I will be happy to attend the Commissioner's Court on September 8th to receive this proclamation. On behalf of the Smith McMillan Daughters of the American Revolution, I thank you for this consideration. Uh, if there's no discussion or any questions, uh, what we're re will be requesting in the motion is to allow them to use the courthouse grounds for that, as well as a proclamation. Yes, we have that scheduled for September um, 8th for Commissioner's Court, yes. So she'll come back at that time and we'll do that. Wonderful way to honor our constitutional republic. Thank you so much for hearing me. I move we allow Kathy Shawty to do the ring of the bell ceremony on the courthouse lawn on Saturday, September 7th, and also have a proclamation at a future meeting. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item four is to hear a report from Josh Mander, our EMS director. Good morning. It's a nice shirt. Thanks, sir. Uh, for the month of June, we were dispatched to 315 emergency calls for service. Uh, 215 of those resulted in transport to the hospital or some other billable service being provided. Uh, we billed a total of $436,981 for the month. We collected $131,825. Average collection per transport was about $613. Uh, insurance, Medicare, Medicaid still remains uh, the vast majority of what we're uh, bringing in, uh, which is a good thing, as I've said before. Uh, the higher our payer makes on insurance and Medicare is, the less we're actually requiring our patients to pay out of their own pockets. Um, the hospital situation all over is getting tense again because of staffing, not because of anything else. Uh, there's just not enough nurses to go around. So in y'all's communities, when y'all see kids that want to be in healthcare, please tell them to do it. Um, it's, it's not getting better. Uh, I don't know what their answer is going to be, but they're going to have to come up with one soon. Last night, every hospital in Austin, um, except for Lakeway Medical Center, uh, was full on the, on the floor. And, so, and it's not that every bed had a patient in it. It's every bed that had a nurse had a patient in it. Uh, and so it's... That's something that we're kind of looking at. It's hurting the hospital as far as their ability to transfer people. Um, so just kind of have your eyes on that uh, as we go forward as, you know, kind of a pressing issue. Um, our hospital is actually doing pretty good with nursing staff. Columbus is uh, doing pretty good with nursing staff. Um, and so here it's not as bad. I think we have a lot of people here that are here to serve their community and they want to work where they live. And, and so it's a little better for us. Um, but it's certainly something that's going on. We also, uh, we've been providing some uh, standby services at fire calls in the county. Uh, we've been driving out to fires in the heat and uh, setting up shade structure, canopy, bring coolers uh, full of, filled with water. Um, Oviedo Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram is going to donate a couple of nice rubber molded coolers. Um, to EMS to put in our supervisor trucks so that we don't have to go to the station and fill up. We'll just have ice water on us all the time. 
Um, we had a wreck on 955 involving a, you know, a commercial vehicle. Um, and we actually had a couple of firefighters and one of our paramedics say they started getting a little shaky on scene. Um, so we're, uh, we're going to step up what we're doing to make sure people are staying hydrated on these calls. Because uh, if something as short, short-lived as a wreck can do it, then these long, drawn-out fires can certainly cause a problem. Um, if you guys have any questions or concerns, I'd be happy to help, but I have a pretty short report today. What, what are you seeing a lot of? Are we seeing much heat exhaustion or heat? Um, We're start, this is the time of year. It's certainly consistent with years past. Calls that has to do with that hydration issues on people. I don't have a specific heat number stroke. for you, but we're okay. seeing it. We're seeing heat exhaustion, heat stroke. Uh, it is certainly the time of year that we see these kind of emergencies. Um, as you guys may have seen on our social media, we put something out the other day warning people of the signs of heat and weather-related emergencies. I'd ask that as you guys do, go to Fayette County EMS's Facebook page and share that. Keep an eye on your neighbors, keep an eye, especially elderly neighbors that may not have, may not be running their AC, may, may not use it as much as others. Uh, make sure we're checking in on each other and, and taking care of each other. Because no one needs to tell you it's common sense, this weather's hot and, it's, and it could cause problems for our vulnerable patients. Uh, could you give us while you're up here again an update on where we are with respect to our EMS uh, expansion projects and stuff? Sure. So Station Three was actually completed. Uh, are we in last month? Right? We're actually moved in. Uh, our crews are operating back out of the station again. Uh, it's important to thank the Flatonia Fire Department, the City of Flatonia, for letting us use their facility to store an ambulance down there for um, a couple of months. It was certainly much better than having to shuffle them over to Schulenberg or Range and not having an ambulance there. Um, and they did so, uh, they actually incurred some costs to help us out with that. Um, so we really appreciate the City of Flatonia and the Fire Department for their support. Schulenberg's uh, EMS station, the contractor went down there this week and they're actually almost done building the pad uh, for, for the concrete to be poured. Um, the building packet, as of two weeks ago, the metal for the building is still I think it was six to eight weeks out, so that's the big delay is waiting on the metal building. Um, but the contractor's pretty pretty confident in his, his number that that's when it's going to be there. And he said once it's there, it's going to be pretty quick to get it framed out and, and built out on the inside. And the round top uh, round top living quarters is also near completion um, and and kind of virtually ready for us to do something out there. So in a coming commissioner's board, we'll talk further about that as well. It's nice up there, uh, station three now. Because you were there, so I would look inside there now. It's just, it's like you're walking to a brand new building. And I know it's nice that every morning come to work, we get there, you know, 6.45, and they're already there, parked there, washing their buses. I mean, it's, it's nice to see them back over there. So I know they, they were pretty cramped where they were, but it was, I know the city of Flatonia didn't want them to have to move to Schoenberg even for a month if possible, so they did whatever they needed to do. So, um, and I saw they just hired a new resource officer at school, so I'm glad to see that also. So, uh, but I'll, I'll I'll talk to the city and Chief Dick and ask them if there's anything they need from us for letting us do the building that we're happy to help them do something. So we appreciate them letting us do that. So, if anybody's over there, knock on the door. If they're there, they'll let you tour it. This is nice. Okay, anybody have anything else? 
So you're freely admitting that you're short on boards then? <laughs> uh, this commissioner's court meeting is all that stands between me and Port Aransas, so <laughs> I will gladly uh, shorten my speech for you guys. I will we accept the report for John Vandery and Esther. Is there a second? Second. Further discussion. Jobs is never short on words. No. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carried. Thank you. Thank you. Agenda item five: Discuss, consider, take appropriate action, and approving the increase of allowable full-time and part-time employees for EMS. So we set an arbitrary number um, when I first started as part of kind of our restructuring in the department. Uh, Shelley, that previously worked in the auditor's office, was pretty adamant that we set a number of how many part-time people we could have. Um, at the time, it wasn't really a priority, wasn't really an issue uh, because the part had limited part-time positions filled, and the ones that were filled weren't really working a lot of shifts. Um, we have the opportunity to bring some really talented people in into part-time roles, uh, one of which is a Schulenberg resident that uh, works in Fort Bend County as a battalion chief or district chief in their EMS department. He's got a ton of experience. He's worked rural EMS before. Um, I've worked with him on an ambulance before. I know his skill set's good. Uh, and so... What we've run into, we've, we've, we've transitioned some people out of part-time employment here that weren't contributing to the team, weren't picking up shifts. For me, it doesn't make sense to limit the amount of part-time positions we have. I, I understand we don't want to have a thousand part-time people, but every hour of part-time works is an hour we don't have to pay someone overtime. And it's an hour that we don't have to force someone that doesn't want to come into work to work. Um, so I would... Currently, what we kind of do is we've limited ourselves to five part-time paramedics and two part-time EMTs. I would like to remove the distinction and just say we can have a maximum of 10 part-time employees. Um, I don't know that this is necessarily something that needs to be before commissioner's court. Cindy, Paula, and I discussed it, and we just thought it would be best if it did come before because this is a this is in the salary schedule for EMS. The positions do exist as positions. So rather than just add things without asking for permission and your opinion on it, we wanted to run it by you guys. So this doesn't change your, your dollar amount on salaries. It's just more more people. If anything, adding people brings our salary number down because it's less overtime hours we're paying. So is what's the advantage of the part time? Is it a is it a potential solution to fill? eventually fill full-time billets as we expand, as we perhaps open up a full-time place and model around top sometime or or, or Schulenberg or I mean what is the what's what's the advantage of so it does it does two things it does that um, but if you're using it to do that you have to be careful because a lot of time um, we don't necessarily have the spots we don't necessarily have a bunch of holes in our full-time schedule uh, what we have is during the summertime, people take off to go on vacation with their family. Or during hunting season, people take off to go hunting. And then our current mechanism for filling those spots is you have until the 20th of the month for full-timers or for part-timers to pick up. After that, if the hole exists, there's a hole that exists on the schedule tomorrow, and we will actually be mandatory a paramedic to come in and make overtime. I mean, yes, they're getting paid, but they're still losing time with their families on Friday because they have to come in because we have to cover the shift. 
what I feel this is going to do is allow us to bring more people in that are hungry and that want to work. And I don't necessarily want a bunch of people that want to be full-time. We have that. We need people that want to be part-time. That, like Charles, that works in Fort Bend County, he doesn't want to leave his Cush District Chief job in Fort Bend County. He wants to supplement that with a part-time job out here where he lives. Because he's tired of driving south of Katy every time he wants to work an overtime shift. Um, the hiring for the roundtop position is something that we're going to have to discuss very soon. Um, as I've said a thousand times, August is when you want to hire paramedics because that's when paramedics graduate from paramedic programs. That's when we have the highest level of purchasing power to get quality people in uh, and, and grow paramedics, new paramedics out of the academy. Uh, we're not necessarily going to be stealing a bunch of people from Austin or Williamson County, and everyone around us is short right now. Uh, so I think to staff that station, I think we need to have a totally different conversation and maybe approve three full-time positions if that's what you guys are going to do in the 2023 budget, as been requested in my packet. Um, I kind of spoke with Commissioner McBroom because uh, he was asking me about this agenda item, and I essentially said, like, this is, this is not that, but I do think we need to have that discussion very soon. This also fills the voids for football games too, probably. So football season's right around the corner. We already have we already have games popping up on the schedule. The, the fall antique fair, uh, getting someone in right now. It takes about three months to train a paramedic. Considerably less time to train an experienced paramedic that wants to be part time here because they're currently working in the field and they're kind of up to snuff. But the uh, this will certainly get us into covering standbys and all that stuff on a voluntary basis rather than. Rather than having mandatory people in to do it. And part time employees in the county are required to work how much at least? A minimum. If you want to be part time, there's a minimum amount you got to work, right? We require our part time employees to work a minimum of 24 hours a month if the space is available. So if there's spots on the schedule, we obviously don't. When we're full staffed and no one's off, if they can't get shifts, we're not going to run them off because they didn't get a shift this month. Um, but we also handle that kind of on a case-by-case basis. If someone, if someone works full-time and this is the month where they're going to go do something with their family and their value added to our department, we're not just going to run them off because they didn't work this month. But if someone consistently doesn't pick up and, and do what they need to do, we're, we don't have any benefit in keeping them on board. So you're asking just to change your part, for your part-time employees to have 10 positions of part-time as, as simple as possible. I would just like make an allowable number in our salary schedule of 10 part-time employees. I move we allow EMS to have up to 10 <coughs> part-time employees. Thank you. Is there a second? So, any further discussion? All in favor? Uh, all opposed? Motion carries unanimous. Thank you all. Drive carefully. Agenda item six is your monthly report from Clinton Ottawa County Inspector and Office of Development Permitting Construction Manager. Good morning, Commissioners. For the month of June, our office issued 37 new septic permits, quite a bit up from 27 the previous month. We conducted 38 septic inspections, 24 development permits and had nine applications for divisions of property. Uh, these numbers we thought were up pretty well last month from what we consider as normal, and they have gone up significantly again. 
so the current state of the economics, you would think that would have leveled out a little bit, but as long as I've been here, that's the highest counts of inspections and new permits per month that I've seen. I have a question. Uh, we monitor, you monitor your office, the septic permits or septic systems, and you want to inspect them. What about water wells? Who do we, are you, are we keeping an eye on that or is it not? Is there people permitting through your office for water wells? Or how is that working? Water is. Got a good handle on the septic systems, but I'm concerned about the water. <laughs> so all permitting, uh, regulation, enforcement, anything of water wells is handled by the Fayette Groundwater District, uh, not by anyone in our office or. Employed I think by it'd be county. interesting. I think it'd be good to get somebody from the Fayette <coughs> Water District come in here and talk to us a little bit, kind of what you do, what kind of activity we're seeing with the water wells and. Uh, uh, Relates to the growth and the expansion of what we're having out here. The interesting to me, I don't know if the other candidates. I know they told us last time they were here nicely that we don't have any control over what they do because they're elected. Yeah, they're elected. Nice. I think it's more working with them because subdivisions put on in Rootersville. I forget how many lots it is. There's no water. There's no rural water provided. So every two acre lot, we will have a water well on it, and there's. 30 of them out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. 20, 20 wells on around 40 acres. Yeah. Just, uh, again, I'm not here to question their authority or what they're in charge of, and we're not. I'm just, I would just like to get that kind of information. So, a little education might go yeah, on. Exactly. We're aware of what's going on. Water's going to be a big, it's a big issue now. It's going to be a bigger issue in the future. It's county and the whole state. Sure. No, I can take care of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Van Drescher, who's got the most information on that, he's currently employed. Uh, I actually spoke to him about that this week. I didn't know you were Who is that? Mr. Van Drescher. Oh, yeah. Van yeah. Drescher. Uh, he, he's a Texas guard, and uh, right. he's, he's currently employed, but when he gets back, he would love to speak to the court. Okay. I think there's a lot of misconception among the community that they think that the commissioner's court has control over that, because we get tons of questions. I get tons of questions on that. Especially with the new divisions coming up and everything, that's what I tell them. That's the man to talk to. Go to their meetings and talk to Mr. Van Jester because that's the one that makes the rules and regulations. We aren't any anymore. Well, we may not have any control over it, but you know, I would like to know if we're just the development that we're having out here just sucking all the water out of the county. Because if it is, it's a concern to us. You know, is there a plan? And how will we handle that? What's their plan for the future growth? You know. Uh, is there enough water down there to handle it? How much future growth? I don't know. No, um, where I grew up, the water well was 96 feet deep in the mountains. But the ones that put them now, there's nobody, everybody's going 350 on deep. But I mean, every 400, 500. I mean, it's just, well, again, I'm not sure. here, baby, way. I'm sorry. But it would be anything. Well, I can the same type of their office. Okay. So we accept the report for the next turn out. Sir, second. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion to carry. Agenda item seven. Sir, take appropriate action concerning the application from Michael T. Trevins 
requesting the division of real property located in precinct three. And this application and it says in precinct. Three. It used to be four. 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 Yes. Precinct <laughs> on West State Island Road, uh, a 60 acre tracks divided into three equal 20 acre tracks. Uh, all the tracks do have the minimum acreage and road frontage as required by the county's requirements. Uh, two of the rearmost tracks use a, a lane or a flag lot for means of their access. A question on that on the position right here on the northern track that lane is covered up by a house <laughs> that's correct <laughs> so so understand that is there enough room between the house and the barn you could call it I've seen many easements that were in routes that were unbuildable. They don't seem to care. They'll build someplace else. And, uh, well, this uh, future could be on property. I mean, so they could be totally you know, tear the house down. Get to yeah. Build, build a bridge over the house. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm sure the house is not very viable. But that's that's out. I mean, I'll, I'll let you handle that. Drew, I didn't even mean? know that this was on here because I saw precinct three. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's completely new to me. In fact, you're looking at this first time I saw it. I mean, I would almost, I mean, say, let's go to the next meeting and just kind of see what they say. I would, that doesn't be a good idea. What, does it matter if there's a house there? How does it affect the county? Because theoretically, private property, yeah. if they're ever going to develop it or build a road, they're going to have to deal with it then. Let, let these guys go do what they're going to do. House down if they want to house down. I mean, they got to know it's there. The entirety of the property is owned by an estate. Uh, the applicant here being the executor, and it's a, a dissolving of this property to be sold off. It's not. Commissioner, do you want to? I would discuss it. I would wait, or do you want to? I would say we go ahead. I'm not saying we don't approve it. I would just say we wait till the next meeting and bring it up again. And um, just make sure that they understand what they are doing, that everybody is aware of the way it is divided, which hopefully they are, but I haven't had a chance to see it until now. So uh, I'm not saying we're not approving it. I'm just saying that we will uh, bring it to the, bring it to the next yeah. meeting. So, so I move that we take. But with, with that said, though, so that I'm assuming then that you would like to get in touch yeah, with the okay, yeah. Just, just make sure they're aware. Sure, absolutely. I'm not, um, I move that we defer action item seven. The application for Michael Treffney requesting a division of real property to be on the next commissioner's call. Sir, second. Second. Is there any further discussion? <coughs> now, are you prepared for them to tell you that it's none of your business? Huh? That's just fine. I know we all get along here together. I no, think you're going to approach it in a way we yeah. just want to make Absolutely. sure we're looking out in your interest. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Like I said, I just saw this, so. All right. Okay. Give you a shot. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Okay. Thank you.
did not make us considering the appropriate action approving the final plot plat of Smithville RV Park. Plot you have in front of you is the same one that was presented at the previous commissioner's court meeting. Uh, no changes to that. Uh, we have received copies of their water and wastewater supply plans. Um, they will meet all the county's requirements as well. So this is to officially sign and record their plot. How about we approve the final plot of the Smithville RV Park? Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carried. Agenda item 9 approved the application for a permit to lay a temporary water line and road right away submitted by Dallas Petroleum Group LLC for said water line to be placed along Withers Road, Green Street Road, Gary Road, Precinct 1. All public county roads located in Bay Texas. This application is for a little over. 14,000 feet of 10-inch polyline that will go from a pond to an existing pad site. I move we allow Dallas Petroleum to lay the length by line and that kind of rolling. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Can you or Amber? It's a sister company to Iron Rock Energy. They're the operating part of Iron Rock Energy. Okay. All right, agenda item number 10 is to hear a report from Angela Hahn, our grant specialist. My report's uh, short too, but I'm not going to float around. Sorry. <laughs> so um, the first thing I want to talk about is the buyout. When in your reports, y'all y'all have it on your. So I had asked I always asked Tyler for updates before the meeting. <coughs> they were he was having problems with the Tiger system the GLO getting all the documentation uploaded and accepted. So he worked through that with GLO. Early this week, and so the money for the buyouts themselves, the property, will be the, for the first buyout the, for the uh, or for the first piece of property we're going to buy should be in the system in three weeks. He said it could be longer, could be four or five, but city should see it in our account in three to four weeks, and then she has three days to transfer it to the title company so we can close on the first piece of property. The he is working on. <coughs> Properties two through six to get the, the documentation to the judge to get him to sign it, and then we can that money will start coming into our uh, system as well. So we get that, and the county then owns these properties. Yes, and then what's the, the next step? Then the two demo contractors that we have to qualify will meet with Tyler at the property and do a pre bid work walk around. They do a seal bid, whoever gets it starts to on. So it's still going to be a little bit, but it is moving forward. The other issue they're working on is because, because we, Fayette County, agreed to fund the closing costs without waiting for that. That was holding up all these other property counties. They didn't want to pay any of the closing costs. But because we said we would, we're moving forward. But Tyler's also working with GLI to get the closing <coughs> costs included in the whole purchase so that we won't have anything up front for the, for the next couple of months. So it's 
So another demo contractors will come to all the properties that are purchased. No, I believe they're going to do it one by one. Wow. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what Tyler told me. As soon as they get one, they're going to start on it because it does show that we're moving forward, and he's very aware of the fact that we're moving forward. Maybe after the first one is started. Maybe the rest of the people are going to just start falling right in. So it sounds like it, it really does because it sounds like one, now that the system has been corrected to get the money, because now that the Tiger system has accepted all the documentation, GLO's accounting department has to start pushing out the money, and that, that's a process, you know, so, and that's a lot of money they're pushing out, so they're going to be careful how they do that. Uh, the application for our housing mitigation plan through GLO is in the senior review stage as of July the 8th. I can't, you know, when I'm, I had a conference call with the team that we would be working with through GLO on June 24th, and it was an information session, and that's the first step in us moving forward. Uh, there, what they told me was, is once it's approved, and the indication was it's going to be approved, but I'm not thinking that promise. Um, is that within three months we'll get the money to start. So I don't have time, time frame any better than that. Uh, and the only other thing I want to tell you all about, well, there's two things. One that's on here is this Texas Travel Industry Recovery Grant Program that the state's pushing out. As the county, we can't apply for it, but if you have entities within your precincts that are travel tourism-based, they are eligible. It's $20,000. The museum in Muldoon is, is an example. One of the things they're going to have to be able to do is show their their loss from COVID from 2019 to 2020 to 21. So they're going to have, so for example, the Festival Hill, it, that's another one that's eligible for the project. So if y'all have people who are interested, you think that might be eligible for it, tell them to call me and I'll talk them through it and then send them to the state where they can get the information. You know, this is interesting. Uh, I just saw last week, but... Uh, Initial allocation grants are in the categories of breweries, wineries, mm -hmm. yeah. distilleries, travel arrangements, residential service, arts, entertainment, recreation, I've travel accommodation, food services, <coughs> drinking places. Yeah. Well, the county can't apply for funding, so that's it's a it's opportunity. Very, it is, and, and the application process is in stages. So, the, for example, the brewery's application process is open. Once it closes, they'll move to the next, which is the arts and entertainment recreation. And I have shared that with some of the Fayetteville uh, community so that they're aware of it. But again, if y'all if know somebody that you think might be able to benefit from them, tell them to call me and I'll see if I can help them. Back to the hazard mitigation. This is for, for Craig and you, if you don't know this answer. If we get, say we, we get the grant, we're not getting the money for three months. Can we start? Because when do we pay them? So once we get the grant award, we can start the process. Okay. But until we get notice of award, anything we do before that will not be funded through the grant. That doesn't mean we can't start on it. So we can't. My whole question is, we don't have to wait to get the money to start. No. But once we get, once we are awarded the grant, we can start. We can start. Because remember, y'all so have Y'all have twenty-five thousand in there that we can start paying. So yes. And, and Heather with H2 Partners is she's been you know tracking this as well. So uh, we did during the information system with GLO, I did get confirmation that Tegan is not going to fund us. They had to do that so we could be eligible for the GLO funding. 
And because they were pushing us to GMO, it was pretty much a guarantee they weren't going to fund us for them. So, uh, the other one, the other thing, I, I sent this email to Jason and Cindy yesterday. Cheatham did push out, but since it's hurricane season, uh, the do's and don'ts on procurement uh, policies and procedures for personnel in the event that you have a disaster, how, how you recover from that and what's appropriate and what's not. And it really isn't anything that, it's their guidelines. We just, I just wanted Jason and Cindy to look yeah, at it. You need to push it to our emergency manager and coordinator's office too, and I don't know if you are, you're aware of those, but. I've not heard anything from that. Yeah, you need to make sure that, you know. Yeah, because there are, um, one of the things that, that Josh and I found out when we attended the rapid needs assessment training of the CAP a couple weeks ago is the, the Fed's FEMA is really, really starting to be more restrictive on what is public assistance and what is individual assistance and what the caps are and how much damage has to be done before you are eligible. So it is important that you know everybody's aware of that. And so I'll send that to Craig. That's all. Yeah, have you heard anything on any of that? No, sir. Has team put out anything? Just what they sent. Yeah. Okay. That's all. Okay, thanks. I appreciate you staying on top of the So is there anything that we need to be doing with the hazard mitigation plan while we're waiting? Is there anything we can do on our part? I mean, yes, the, the meetings can start uh, because time can be tracked. Uh, I can get Heather, if she, because she's already said, you know, if we want to move forward, even if we're not awarded, they're going to work with us. Um, so, if you, you know, I'm glad to reach out to her and say, okay, look, you know, we're, it seems like we're going to get the 100000 We know we've got money in our budget right now that we can start. Is that what you recommend? And so we can, you know, yes, the meetings can start with those people who agree to be participants uh, because all of that, all of that can be tracked as income services and we can get a jump on some of this. So. Well, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't been accomplished since 2019 pretty well. I don't want to be behind the ball. If there's something we can start on, we might as well get it done now. I don't want to be back in the same shape. Oh, in a year from now, whenever the deadline comes, we don't have anything accomplished yet. Well, keep in so mind, the, the year that was that we were looking at as, as an issue was through TM's process, mm -hmm. because that's not part of it. GLO is not going to hold us to that same standard. If, if we do want to get started, it will take a while to do to develop a, a good plan like we talked about. Um, but we are not going to be in jeopardy of losing funding like we would have been with Tito. So uh, that being said, if they do approve the generated grant for Fair Water, and we, then yes, we will be under the gun for that year from the time that that award is given until for a year. So. But that, I don't know. That that grant closed June 30th. Or all I know is they pushed it forward. That's all I know. Okay. Drew, I'll reach out to him. Anything else? Anything else? Appreciate you staying on top of all this. Will we accept the report from Ms. Vaughn? Is there a second? Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries unanimously.
Did item 11 is to consider take appropriate action in entering into an agreement with the Fayette Community Center group regarding the use of American Rescue Funds for the construction of the Fayetteville Community Center performance <coughs> theater project. Uh, I believe this was approved earlier, but it was recommended by our legal folks that we have this agreement. Okay. So the, the June compliance, ARP compliance <coughs> came out in June, the new one, and they are requiring that we have an agreement with anyone that we give funds to if it's over $50,000. Mm -hmm. So they're here just, just so that they can sign their share, and then they'll, uh, there's a couple of, you're going to see some spaces on there where y'all sign where we're requiring them to give us their legal name of their organization, the Dunn's number, their SAM page, that stuff that as a 501c3, if they've not participated in federal funding before, they haven't had to do. So because this is federal funding, and I'm going to send them the information they need, and that's a simple matter. Once they register for it, they'll send us the number of people. They need to sign anything right now. If, I mean, they have it. you you got to sign it. We'll have to sign there. We need to vote on it first. We need to have a motion to approve it. And we'll sign this. In case y'all need to move on, we'll move on. We'll move on to an agreement with the Fayetteville Community Center Group regarding the use of American Rescue Funds towards the construction of the Fayetteville Community Center and performance theater project. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? Who said it? All of them. Yeah. Okay. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimous. Why don't we go ahead and pull that out and let's, let's sign that one so in case these people want to move on to something else. We're not asking you to leave, but you may have other things. We'll head to Port Aransas. Yeah. Catch a ride with you. I don't know if they're just following the I'm just waiting to get a, a selfie with Josh on, on the ferry, on the Joseph Weber ferry. No, no, no. I'm wanting to know if a point of order is in order. I point uh, the question about the procedure that happened a minute ago. And so I have a question. I'm not speaking on that item. You guys have 30 days to approve a plat. And that plat that y'all failed to act on was um, put in on the 22nd of June. So if y'all wait another two weeks to act on that, it's automatically approved after 30 days. Y'all have to act within 30 days. It's not a plaque. Uh, are you talking know, about the variance or the, the plaque? Well, it's, it's, the it's a variance, but it says... The plaque, the, the one that is the plaque is the Central RV Park. Um, the variance... Plaque application. Okay. So you're, you're, you're differentiating between a plaque application and an application for an exemption. Division of property. Because... According to the law, that subdivision is exempt from the regulations because it's an estate. No, okay, so what our agenda item says, the application for Michael Trefney requesting the division of real property. And then there's the other one that says with approving the final plot of Smithville RV. Is that yeah, but I'm talking about the one that y'all postponed to act on. You, you failed to approve his exemption because you wanted to talk to him about the house and the right-of-way. And I'm, it, um, maybe I'm confusing it, but so 
So I'll let it go. But I'm very concerned about the way y'all push off the subdivision approval because there's time limits involved, and these are accepted subdivisions. So I don't understand why the court is putting off action on an accepted subdivision when there's really nothing you can do about it. I mean, you can ask them about the road and the right-of-way, but there's nothing you can do about it. Well, so all you've done is basically put off action to, for two weeks. We're not that. saying we want to do anything about it. What we're offering is our commissioner, that's his precinct, has asked us, could I please have the opportunity? I thought it was in precinct three. It was in my precinct. Could I please have the opportunity just to get familiar with what's going on out there? That's really what this is about. And we know we're not going to stop anything. And like I say, I told him, you may. It's more we see this. We just want to make sure they, they see know. I mean, they the same thing we do. Yeah. And I agree with you. We cannot. And, and if they, and if they, um, they want to do it that way, that's up to them. Oh, okay. 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 I'll let you go. I'll let you go. We just want to make sure. Thank you for your patience. We're trying to help them more than stop them. That makes sense. That's why I said before I made my motion, I'm not denying what they asked for. I'm just asking to push it back just so I can just. It, it's it's helpful to, to note that. This it's just thing. kind of hard sometimes whenever you come up here and you sit here and you have literally yeah. two minutes to look at something to make sure you make the right decision. Well, I like just a little bit more time just to make sure I'm doing the right thing so I don't mess up. I understand. Yeah. I'll let you go. Thank you. Agenda item number 12. Did we vote? Did we? Oh, did we? Um, I guess on that, the 11, it was Luke and Carter. Right, but did they vote? Yes. Yes. They'll just say all of that. I don't believe so. Thank you again. Well, no. I just didn't mark it. Agenda item 12 was the consent to take appropriate action entering into an agreement with the Gardenia Jansen Hamill Shelter regarding the use of the American Rescue Funds towards the renovation of their facility. Again, this is the same thing. Yes. Teresa has signed it already. Okay. The same issue with the federal registration she's done. I move we enter into an agreement with Cardinia Jansen Hamill Shelter regarding the use of American Rescue Funds uh, toward the renovation of their facility. Is there a second? Okay. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries unanimous. Agenda item 13 is considered to take appropriate action on a grant request from the Faison Preservation Society in amount of 50000 to use towards our renovation and preservation of the historical Faison home. So, um, Mr. Holmer <coughs> approached the judge and I about the possibility of the county assisting with an endowment that would ensure that the home was maintained and uh, preserved as a historical landmark in the county of tourism and what we what we agreed on is that they would raise half of the endowment that we would match for the other half and so they have they raised 50 little over fifty thousand and so we're asking that we uh, use American Rescue Plan money under the tourism eligibility to give them the other fifty thousand and they will continue to ensure that that is a historical landmark for the county. So as of now, it is a historical landmark. Right? Yes, sir. It okay. is. It's already. They've already got it designated. They've done some renovation as, as they're allowed to do through the historical commission. They're working with them, and my understanding is that it's open on weekends for uh, Saturdays. Saturdays for Every visitors. Mr. Romer, would you like to add? Yeah. I would like to express <coughs> profound appreciation of everyone who is associated with the Faison House. That includes the Faison Preservation Society. 
and the uh, Lagrange Garden Club. Uh, those people are explicitly aware of what we're doing. I want to emphasize that the endowment fund uh, that we've established is for the maintenance, is to provide, uh, be invested to provide income to cover the maintenance, which means that the house will continue to be operated without any financial problems. We have, in addition, we will continue uh, uh, grant applications and fundraising to complete the restoration. That's a separate operation, and we will continue to work hard on that. But I want to express our profound appreciation for this uh, contribution to our endowment, operating endowment fund. Thank you. I move we approve the grant request from Faison Preservation Society for the amount of fifty thousand dollars to use toward the renovation and preservation of the historical Faison home. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? And I assume we'll have to do an agreement. And it, it's on the it. next agenda item. Okay. Well, that's the next one. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> All in favor? Aye. Right. All opposed? The motion carries. <laughs> Documentation is attached to that agenda item, right? Yes. The agreements, right? Yes. Screen filter. My age, everything starts with yes. your daughter. Where do you get the my Agenda item 13, no, the agenda item 12. 14, 14. is to uh, that agreement, right? Yes. Yeah. I move the interim agreement between Fayette County and the Fayette Preservation Society for the use of American Rescue Plan Fund to promote tourism in Fayette County. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? All opposed? The motion carries your Thank you all. That may be something again we may want to sign. It's ready. Cassie's got it ready. You may want to sit here through this whole torturous meeting, but we all, you may have other things you want to do too. So.
not you know the, the prevailing wind, uh, and um, so we did not have to shut down I-10, but had the wind been still or blowing the other direction, I-10 would have been shut down as well. Uh, advanced air monitoring uh, could have refined this evacuation area to reduce community impact. So we knew we had a leak. We knew the quantity in the trailer could kill many people within a seven-mile range, but the particular quantity coming out, we couldn't measure on scene without getting some monitoring equipment all the way into from San Marcos. Um, that would have allowed us to potentially uh, reduce the size of the evacuation or tell us, hey, you do need to go seven miles. Uh, anytime you have a gaseous leak, we measure the, the uh, death rates in parts per million, parts per billion, this particular uh, substance, uh, sulfur dioxide, is fatal in 30 parts per million. Anything you see, anything that's fatal in parts per million, it's pretty dangerous. Usually parts per billion is, you know, kind of the things we look at. And so, I'm sorry, opposite. So parts per billion is more dangerous than parts per million. So, uh, but 30 is a relatively uh, low number. So I'm, I'm advocating that we get some monitoring equipment. We're not going to have a full-fledged, ready-to-go asthma team in the county from a cost standpoint anytime in the near future, but some intermediate steps would help. Uh, rehab support uh, is potentially life-saving in these scenarios. Uh, additional training and planning is needed. Uh, feed the need and the CERT team will help uh, when available. Uh, medical support and monitoring is also needed. Uh, we had good rehab support in the Colorado County Fire, but also for the rehab, uh, the um, hazmat league, we brought out a school bus to have some people in an area that they go and get cooled off. Uh, the responders standing around in the heat is a, is a big issue. Uh, has led, led to fire ground deaths uh, recently. Uh, incident management teams. FEMA, Tehome, and local emergency management offices are seeing greater success with large incidents when a formal incident management team is established early in an event. Uh, we do have a large-scale ICS plan in place. Uh, generally, we do what's called just-in-time training. That's what we did during the ice storm. So we did when, when the COVID disaster was declared. Uh, Mr. McBroom was our logistics section chief, for example, uh, and we did some just-in-time training for that. Uh, we would be more prepared if we did some of the, this training ahead of time. I would like to have specific people from each department that will be our go-to uh, for the first 12 hours of a big event. Have some alternates, for example, someone from either one of the clerk's office might be specifically trained up in the planning section. Someone from the auditor's office or a couple of them might be specifically trained up in the, in the finance section. Uh, we can do just-in-time training and do all right, but it'd be better if we had some people inside that were uh, trained. Uh, very well. Well, let me just say, you don't need the court's permission to do that. You know, that's what we got you for. Correct. We believe we need to have that training. Uh, I would view that as you, you know. Yes, sir. I'm, this is more brief to the court okay. of where we are. Okay. And, uh, okay. and to tell people when I'm talking about versus management stuff, that's what we're doing. So, um, I would like for some of the more specific positions, people to go get some training, which might incur some cost uh, for a hotel and stuff. Generally, the training is free, but not always uh, travel. Uh, I have a uh, uh, section from our Annex F, which is firefighting. Uh, at this point, I consider us in readiness level three, which is an increased uh, readiness level. Uh, we might move into readiness level two if the, the drought continues. Again, this is a readiness level for a big fire, not necessarily a response level. So this is, we expect things are coming, what might happen. Uh, if we had drought in a high wind day, that might push us all the way to readiness level one. Uh, drought continues level two. Uh, every one of our annexes has a readiness level and what's expected in general areas. And then I've also uh, attached Annex N, our direction of control, uh, that 
describes what would be expected if we have an incident, an emergency, a disaster, or a catastrophic event. Again, this is just briefing the board on uh, what, to, what to expect when these things happen, because I do uh, anticipate by the summer we will probably have uh, some more events unless we get a significant amount of rain. Could, uh, uh, and I keep bringing this up, but is there any comments you'd like to make, Craig, on with respect to COVID? Uh, you know, yeah, the COVID number is kind of interesting right now. Weird number, but I, I don't see an impact on our county. We've, we've seen an exponential impact in the amount of cases, uh, but not in the amount of hospitalizations. Uh, we're we are doing better than most of the areas around us when it comes to a percentage of patients that are hospitalized with COVID. Uh, even though our numbers are high. So thankfully it seems to be a pretty mild variant that's going around. Anytime you have a whole lot of people infected and then not that many people hospitalized, it's probably a benefit to the human species because they're building up antibodies and uh, different things like this. Omicron has been a very beneficial uh, benefit in that nature. I mean, I've had family members that got sick and hardly knew it. And, um, I, I, I'm, I'm amazed. I've had a lot of friends lately and some relatives and family who got sick, fairly sick, I mean, but to put you down for a couple of days to recover and it, they thought it was COVID and it wasn't COVID. So there's something else going around here too, I guess. Yes, sir. Right. But uh, it's a flu or virus and stuff. So I mean, I think we're getting a lot of... So all viruses mutate change a lot and they, they generally get less severe but more contagious. That's how the virus survives. Right. Also viruses um, are they're most dangerous when they're novel. If you remember that term earlier, it's called the COVID-19 novel coronavirus pandemic. That novel part is we've got people who are not used to this and it's very deadly. We look back to the early days of the Americas when the Indians were introduced to, um, to European diseases. Yeah. Th those diseases from the Europeans weren't that dangerous. They were just dangerous because they were novel. The, uh, the, uh, our, hospitals are, our hospitals okay? It's, it's a little bit more uh, than we had before, but they're, they're handling it fairly well. Now our, our Backup hospitals in Houston, Austin, San Antonio—they're they're pretty full. Uh, and the Homeland Security Task Force meeting uh, last Thursday, uh, Austin's public health said that they are really starting to get in a bind. They're also dealing with a whole lot of monkeypox issues there in, in Austin. That's something that's not uh, affecting us uh, here at all. Okay. When your readiness level three here, you have check readiness of all equipment and repair and replace as needed. What is that referring to? I mean, that's, that's everything that, that we use. So that's what, the, from my office, emergency management office, we'll check our stuff, make sure it's, it's working and going. And we've done some of that uh, replacement as well. Also, any response agencies uh, should be doing that. Uh, and then it has to monitor, monitor the situation, situation briefings for senior staff. Is that just for your office, or is that for all the fire departments, or is that for uh, I send those out fairly regularly. That's something I do during normal times, but now we're continuing to do that as well. That's the, we've got a, a distribution group for the fire chiefs. We've got a distribution group for um, for county leaders. We've got a distribution group for churches. We, we send those out uh, fairly regularly to say, hey, we've got these expected needs. Y'all, we were sending them out daily during uh, the early days of the COVID disaster, daily or three times a day, sometimes during the ice storm. It's, it's what, I was reading on here that the Colorado EMC was fire command that day. Yes, sir. How, how is that? Because that's not his job. I mean, that's the fire chief, chief job to be command. I mean, I'm not, I know you can't speak on their behalf, but that doesn't make any sense to me. That's not the emergency management coordinator's job to be the fire command at a scene or, or take over a scene. They're just there to help with resources if the fire chief or whoever's in fire command needs something, correct? 
Uh, it depends on how it's structured. So uh, the, under the NIMS, which is the, what they're going under, the person who has the greatest uh, knowledge and the greatest capability should be command, uh, and that, not necessarily the rank structure. So if you had, you had someone that had very, very specific knowledge of, say, uh, a radiation issue, that, that person uh, might be command for the incident. So command under, under NIMS is the person who has the greatest uh, knowledge and, and responsibility. Uh, the judge has the ability to take over any scene uh, under, under statute as well. You know, if we have a military evasion, we have a military judge, so that kind of makes sense, you know, that, that type of uh, thing. So uh, he, he does that often. Uh, he's usually their water supply officer uh, is, is what they do on, on big events. On this one, because you had so many agencies uh, responding, uh, they did it. Usually when it happens, they'll, they'll name an operations. So someone would take command, but then operations would fall to the fire department or whoever has great responsibility at that time. Uh, you see these changing a lot during active shooter scenarios. You know, in the initial response, the person who has the greatest command is going to be the local police. And then once that response is over, it becomes EMS because they have the greatest area of control at that time for the, for the injured. And then later it becomes the investigatory and FBI. Uh, NIMS lays that out pretty clearly. Why would, why would Colorado County ask for a task force whenever we don't, none of the surrounding counties even have a task force? We just all do mutual aid here. What do you mean we don't do mutual aid? No, I said all we do is mutual aid here. We don't have a task force in mm-hmm. Fayette County. So why would they, why would they ask for that? Uh, task force is a term that's, that's not clearly defined, but you're starting to see that more often. They'll, they have these predetermined reflex kind of things. Instead of saying, hey, I need this and this and this and this and this, I need a, uh, a task force for that, and, and those predetermined task forces are set. Uh, EMS does this a lot in, in different areas where, hey, I need a uh, mass casualty task force. That means you get 10 ambulances, two supervisors, and whatever. You know, there's there's something. Uh, and so do we have a predetermined task force? We do not. Uh, so I called him and asked him specifically, what do you want? And what he said, what he considered a task force, and that was an EMC and the, the stuff that they. So why, why would, you know, they have an emergency management coordinator there. They have a fire chief there. They have 31 fire departments. They have uh, Texas Forest Service. They have all these things. Why would they need an EMC to come over there and assist? I look at it from an aspect as, while you were there in Colorado County assistant or whatever you were doing, we had a spill, a hazmat spill in Schumerberg, which was in Fayette County, which I would think that would take priority over that situation. It did, and I left. I mean, not immediately, but yeah, immediately. Uh, as soon as the call went out, no, you didn't. Because you pulled up and asked me if we need to have an Schumberg, and I said, I don't know, I'm not there. Yeah. So I would think that our priority needs to be taking care of the people in Trade County, not assisting. I understand we all have to help our neighbors, and we were there. There's plenty of people assisting, but whenever something goes down in Trade County, I think we need to make sure that we put our stuff first on the front burner. So. I think the emergency manager coordinator would agree with you on that. His priority and a lot of priorities. When you get a request so from another county and a lot of things are happening, uh, we respond and yeah. we help each other out the best we can. Uh, if we made some mistakes and did something wrong, we, we've got a hot wash and learn from them. And, uh, I, uh, I want to go to your point, though, Commissioner, on this uh, gas leak. Uh, <coughs> You mentioned, Craig, a couple of things. One about monitoring equipment. Uh, did somebody come from San Marcos with that equipment? Eventually, yes, sir. Okay. How, how long hours. did that take? A little two hours. And this was leaking between now and two hours when it got there. 
Yes, sir. Was there, is that a normal response time? I mean, there are a lot of those trucks come through here, and it's associated, what, what caused the leak? What, do we know? Yeah, so the, the initial report was that, hey, it's just hot and it's off-gassing, uh, and, uh, and it's going to stop pretty quickly. That's what they told us to begin with. That's something you hear a lot of times from people, because that's the easiest thing. Uh, it turned out that was not the case at all. It was about uh, lower end. They two hours too long. Uh, if you're recommending or thinking we might need to get some kind of monitoring equipment and the ability to use it, I'd like you to, I mean, so where we maybe look into that. Maybe look into that and see what what we need. Yes, sir. Uh, I. So where would the monitoring? Who would have the monitoring equipment? Would it be the fire departments that were the first on scene and they could use them immediately? Or I mean, there's no need for your office to have it if you're all the way over here and something happens in Schumburg, or if you're not working that day and if you're gone and nobody's there from your office can use it. I don't think it'd be more beneficial for the fire departments. Well, we'll work. Let's busy. let's solve that one after we find out what we need. Uh, and then we can get together with the fire departments and find out who should have it, who's going to get there first, it, it, you know, who's, who's best qualified trained to use it, those kind of things. But I'm just asking you that you mentioned that in your report that we might need to look at that. Two hours too long for me. We got all these trucks blowing through here with all that stuff in the back of them, and we can't wait two hours for somebody coming in monitor or something. Yeah, and that's uh, something that's a major issue. It, it really is a problem. Uh, and the, the funding that goes, comes from um, from the COG is going to these regional assets. Yeah, well, I think that's something that your office probably could. We've been looking at that, make that a priority. Yes, see, come back to the court and see what you recommend. Uh, I've got the recommendations on for three pieces of equipment that's going to okay. be on the meeting for later today. Um, and that's... All right. Yeah. I just find it very... Odd that something that dangerous is traveling down an interstate, just no vehicles around it. Do you think you have some other protection besides just having something that could just get rid of all these people once it rolls over? And the problem is they're not inspected very well. So at this particular valve, this was that four bolts, and only have one of the four that were there, and um, and that's not the most dangerous thing going down the road. We have. Uh, we have stuff going on the road every day that's very dangerous. We have stuff on the rail that's even more dangerous. Uh, there, there's a lot uh, around, and investment and, and, um, and prevention is, is expensive, but it could save uh, a lot of lives. I-10 and 77, there's a lot of 71. There's a lot of things moving through here that we don't even know about. I had another one. Okay, communications. Uh, maybe I assist fire chief and tell that. We did, they did have, in Colorado County, I guess, he loads up, and they ground assets. So how were they talking? So their communications, uh, they had a lot going through the EMC's radio stack. The reason they looked to patch it uh, back and forth. Some of it was done by cell phone, some of it was done by VHF radio, some was done by hand signals. But, um, it was, well, that's what I'm saying, though. But if you get out there and you got VHF radio, you just tell everybody to get on a certain frequency. So there, there shouldn't be a, a real big issue on that. That's Many of the, what would be the coordinator out there, the on-site person, would be making sure that was all taken care of, right? Many of the um, departments don't have VHF radios anymore. Uh, they, that's kind of gone out of vogue. Yeah. They're not buying them. We have, more, we have more of those than we have anything else. And everybody in Philly County on the fire department. Because that's, uh, that's our only thing we got right now, really, until we get this, uh, what is it, the new stuff and that's why the tower we have over there, uh, just south of the bluff, 
for the liability that needs to be replaced and be taken care of. Which one is that? Because the fire departments can't afford to buy all the new up-to-date ratings and stuff like that too high. And most of the time, whenever those don't work, you fall back on the each Well, I think we're required by law, though, by the 2025 or something, to have those, what are they, 900, 900 series? And uh, these are 700 series. We, we've got some 9, some 8s right now. These are 700 series. I'm not sure. It's P25. P25. Yes, Aren't sir. we required by state law? By 2025, everybody go that route. It's it's an unfunded mandate, I guess. <laughs> so that's something we need to start preparing for. Yeah. That's why we follow the agreement. Yeah. Almost everybody follows the agreement. Yeah, I, I don't want to drag this out, but this is important. Uh, I'm really concerned about that, that leak. And, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, is, is there going to be any action taken? Uh, they'll have to file a TCEQ, and uh, TCEQ will look at it, but probably not. Uh, this is um, a fairly routine. You know, we did have one injury, which which heightens the the level of, of their looking into it. But you know, this this is a big deal. You know, that particular substance is used in every piece of plastic uh, that you see, so it's something that, that's moved a lot, and uh, you see it fairly commonly. Um, the the decision to pull into a you know, populated area and a, and a populated gas station with something leaking, and it was terrible. You know, we kind of talked about the guy. He hasn't been calling stuff for 40 years, and he made some really poor decisions. Um, but he was able to eventually get it shut down, so that was a benefit. Hot wash lessons learned and uh, monitoring equipment and those other things. Uh, we probably got off pretty much on this. Yes, sir. Anything else? I move we accept the report from the Treasurer of our Emergency Management Coordinator. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Agenda item 16 is considered to take appropriate action concerning the purchase of a new 2022 Dodge truck for emergency management. Presently located at Brenner Dodge. 880 Highway 290, Brenham, Texas, for $48,968. Payable to Brenham Dodge using emergency management funds that are available and in the 2022 emergency management budget. Authorizing county personnel sign on necessary and require paperwork. I had this put on there because we did approve this earlier. It is a, remains, it's still under $50,000, but it's more. And we can discuss why with that. But also, I think we had approved a half-ton truck. This is a three-quarter ton. So I just wanted to make sure that we were aware of what we're doing here and everybody knows what's going on. So if you want to comment first. Yes, we, we've been struggling to find any truck not at all. And I've called uh, all the local areas all around the state. And I looked at something. Commissioner uh, Sternadel uh, helping uh, locate this truck. I think we'll do our, our my job very well. Uh, three-quarter ton has a lot of advantages. We, trailers fairly often move water move different things it can do a lot of stuff that a half ton uh, cannot and i think we'll serve a little bit better but the fact of the matter is it's available by the end of the budget year and, and almost nothing else is uh, we looked at a whole lot of different uh, options and it was difficult to find i appreciate uh for, for helping me with this problem is this is fourteen thousand dollars more than we budgeted for the truck when when I budgeted my truck last year, I ordered the thing right away and I didn't have any issues getting it. 
if this thing would have been ordered when we budgeted, I think we wouldn't have had a problem getting the truck back then. If you waited too long for it, I'm, that's not my problem. My problem is it's fourteen thousand dollars more than we had, uh, that we had budgeted for the truck. You could have easily bought a half ton back then for thirty five because I paid thirty two for mine at the time and I had to with the county over there. So, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, three quarter ton of a big truck. I, don't, I mean, most of the stuff you do, you're going to see, you know. And I mean, hauling water. I, I can haul water back on my little vehicle. I mean, I don't know why you need a three quarter ton just to haul water around. I don't know. I've never seen you pull the trailer, so I don't know what you pull. But this is a lot more. We're supposed to be a conservative commissioner's court, and we're paying fourteen thousand dollars more. When I think the truck should be ordered at the beginning, I had no problem ordering mine. Drew and Paul ordered their trucks, and their trucks were ordered. The problem with them is the dealership screwed up and didn't place their order. They had their done right away. I had mine done, and it was all. And we came in all in the budget. This is a lot more money than you're talking about. They're, they pushed it off to the next year now. They just gonna have to wait for it. But the problem of it is, you're talking about pushing it off. I was holding back too last year on buying another truck. And the price between a half and three quarter ton, and I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that maybe he shouldn't have ordered it back from what you're talking about. I'm not disputing that at all. But what we're talking about right here, right now, the difference between a half and three quarter ton isn't that much difference. And you have 48,000, you're gonna push this off again. You ordered yours at 38. I, I just ordered one for 48. What's it going to be when you order? If you don't get this one, what's it going to cost next time? If you go over 50, then we have to bid it. You're going to have a hard time finding somebody to bid it because they can sell them as quick as they can get them in. Why would they want to mess with the bid process? Another thing I like about a three-quarter ton truck, I got multiple of them. I got five three-quarter tons, one one-ton, and a couple half-tons. Uh, the three-quarter tons, I've had Paul has two of them over at the recycle center. They get a little older, they get miles on them. The three-quarter ton to me is a little more doable for the road and bridge department. They can pull recycle trailers with them. Those trucks got a lot of miles on them. They're still good for the recycle. They don't run a lot of hours. I mean, a lot of miles. They seem to work out pretty good for us. I mean, I know every every vehicle has its place. It's hard to find one for everything that you got to use them for, but I just feel that uh, we're going to keep pushing this pushing this off like he said we're done we're done above where we started out and I got a feeling it's not going to get any better I talked to uh, Cindy and Craig about this and the availability and the, the prices neither one are getting any better as we all know so I mean somewhere down the line we're just going to eat that here's a half ton for $39,047 we can have in less than 12 weeks from a local dealer if we choose already on order, been on order. I just happened to call the other day. Well, what's the difference between, and you're, I mean, you're in the EMC, you have to use this vehicle. What, what is the difference between a three-quarter ton and a half ton and what you need the vehicle for? Correct? Half ton, uh, three-quarter ton sits up higher. It can haul more. Uh, it can haul more in the bed and pull more. I think it's a little more depth for, uh, for my needs. Uh, you, you guys can... Um, you know, yes, I do some a lot of different, different things, but one of the things that I do often is, is pull trailers. I'm hoping to do that more in the future. One of the things that I think we need is a, a commanded trailer uh, to be deployed. It's, it's something that's necessary. I've, asked, I've tried to do a couple of grants for it. It hasn't uh, gone through quite yet, uh, but I do think it's more durable. I think it sets a fire. I think it fits my needs uh, better. I'm glad to have anything. I mean, having, a, having a county truck is a blessing. It's something that's great. I really appreciate having it, uh, but I do think that three-quarter ton fits my needs a little bit better 
and the availability. What kind of trailers? What are you pulling trailers for? Well, going back yes, to surf and getting uh, supplies from Austin for a long time, we went two or three times a week uh, sometimes getting uh, emergency supplies. During the COVID crisis, we pulled uh, pretty heavy trailers delivering uh, water during the, during the freeze. Uh, we had a whole bed of truck full of water in freeze. I'm talking a whole lot more than would fit in a, uh, in a half ton truck. I just, I always get complaints about people buying out of county. I realize we have to do it every once in a while, but I think we need to try to stick to our local people. But my deal is if our local people can't provide what the county really needs or what's in the best interest of the county, I don't know, half ton, three quarter ton. I, I want to, I think we ought to get the vehicle that's the best for the county. It's not your truck. It's not my truck. It's not the commissioner's truck. The truck belongs to the county and the taxpayers who are buying this thing. And when we buy equipment, we need to make sure we're purchasing what is the best piece of equipment for the entire county. Uh, that's just the way I feel about it. So I would just think about that. Uh, we could go buy a half-ton truck right now and say, what, $10,000 because we're getting a half-ton truck? And then later, we, you know, well, we can't do this because we can't pull this or pull that. Or I mean, I don't know. That's just my deal. Like, the, the thing is, we make a budget for the year, and I know things happen, emergencies happen, and you have to go over it. But I mean, this is what it's like adding employees. Unless you have an emergency, you shouldn't add more employees. That I got to redo my budget. I need another person. I'm sorry. We need to wait till budget next year. We budgeted 35, and I bought my local. They're buying theirs local. The local people can supply you. No, you can't. All right. Well, right now, mine came from Grain Fort. Yeah, but Our from Chuck uh, Grumman right now that we just have changed. Now, if he went down, or I went down, and I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong. If I went down to Chuck Brown Ford and said, I need a three quarter ton or a pickup truck, three, well, let's just say three quarter ton. I don't know. We've decided that's what's best for the county. And I went down there. What would they tell me? Would, that, would it cost more than what you paid? I checked with them before. Would I it cost more than what you paid? Would yeah. it, how long would it take me to get Well, now, if you go down to Green Ford, you're going now, you'll have it You'll have the beginning of 23. How much, I did, it, how much more would it cost? They wouldn't give me a price, and I went down here to the price of this truck locally, and it was over to what we what we allowed uh, for our 50000 It was over that, so we couldn't purchase it. Locally. But the, is, that, is that a fleet truck that you're talking about? Is that a fleet truck that you're talking about? Yeah. They're going to deal with all that? Right. They cut, off all, uh, they cut off all fleet dealings in February. So all the dealers I talked to, Chuck Brown never called me back. Uh, the local dealer Ford said they didn't know when they could get one, possibly sometime in 2023, a truck of what I inspect mm -hmm. out here. And uh, Brunham Dodge was the only one that told me eight weeks, uh, eight to ten weeks at the max is their average turnaround on getting the vehicles in, and they locked in this price. Uh, I did get this exact same truck locally here. They had one come in. They were at about fifty-three thousand, and uh, we can't go over fifty thousand without bidding it, so I have to let the truck go. And uh, they, they wasn't worried about me not taking the truck because they had people waiting in line for them. So the demand is higher than, than that. So the availability on the truck is, is where, where the problem is, in my opinion. 
But last year we budgeted thirty-five thousand for the truck, and it was a half ton. We specified a half ton truck. It should be so. Well, there you go. What was thirty-five last year? Look what it is now. I mean, look at there. I mean, I realize price went up. We can absorb I mean, four four thousand, but we did say a half ton truck last year. Yes, and this is full-wheel drive crew cab. I mean, it's a lot. You pull a lot of stuff with a half-ton pickup. So this one here that you found, this pickup right here, is a half-ton four-wheel drive. To your point, is, I mean, we, can, we have a lot of vehicles available in Road Bridge. When there's a disaster going on in an ice storm, we're not working. Yeah. There's a whole lot of vehicles, and I mean, that's, that's how we worked together last time. We, we haul the big loads of water uh, with our dump trailer. Uh, so, I mean, we can step in and help whenever we need to have your trust. I, I've talked to the Ford dealership, actually both Ford dealerships, multiple times. They told me they couldn't get anything. The fleet, like you say, was shut down. No fleet orders coming in. Um, they, I've, I've even had the Zimmer uh, from the Sheriff's Office call around these pretty good orders. This is my first time ordering a truck. Uh, through the county, and Zimmerman said there's nothing really found either. I went and talked to the uh, sheriff's office if there's any potential donating truck. You know, the truck I currently have was one that was handed down from the sheriff's office. I want to look, see if there's any of those, maybe even a forfeiture truck. Uh, we looked at different options. If there's an option, I'd like to look at it. Well, this one's available if you need it. However, and it's local, so it's from what we get them. Okay. Is okay. It, is it a long bed or a short bed? Problem. Sure. Let me, let me, and, and, and I hate, we're not picking on you or people sitting out here saying, why are you raising, why are y'all spending so much time on a truck? Well, you know, we got to, this budget cycle, we have really got to dig down in like this. This is going to get worse. This, this is the cost of a three quarter ton, it sounds to me, has gone from ten to $12,000 in less than a year. You know, if you can even get one, you know. So we're in a different position now than we were a month ago or two months ago or a week ago. And it's changing weekly. I mean, with the economic data that's coming out, we're pushing 12% inflation now. I mean, 10 12%. So we just need to, as we work through the budget this year, decisions that we made a year ago or six months ago, we're going to relook at you, you know. I mean, see what we're going to be, but uh, I, uh, I, the other question I would have is that this truck is going to come, whichever one we decide to get is going to come without anything on it, right? And yes. you've got to, um, what do we got to put, lights on this thing, and siren, and all that other, how much is that going to cost? Yeah, the siren I currently have will be able to go over to the new truck, now there will be some, some cost to, to install some things, and there will be some involved, but not, not a significant amount of money, and I have equipment uh, budget for that. I guess my question would be why does it need lights and sirens? I mean pressure responses a lot. I mean, are you are you are you a first responder? I mean I would think emergency management coordinator would be there to help support, but you shouldn't be running hot to these calls with lights and sirens and putting people's lives in jeopardy and have an accident and then county be liable. I mean I look at going to the grass fire. I can see if they if they need your assistance, that's fine. But I mean, you don't have any water on board. You don't have a tank. You don't have a pump. 
you don't have firefighting equipment on board, so what would be the reasoning for running hot for that? Uh, if there's a wreck that you go to, uh, you don't have the jobs of life, you don't have any of those life-saving things on there, so what would be the point of running hot to those calls? Uh, that's just my question. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a national standard. The the FEMA trucks, the the TMO trucks, every emergency management truck for every county in Texas, it's considered an emergency response vehicle. I don't know when Janet came out to the one we had the whole spill on on um, Scott's Blue Road. She just came out there in the vehicle. She drives here, and she didn't come out there with it. She didn't be life on the far I know because the fire department was there, and they had everything under control. She got there, and she called in her had that people or whatever to to do the wash down. Um, I, you know, I, it just seemed like, I mean, we've got miles along with, she didn't have anything special. I mean, I, I don't know why we need, like I said, when it comes to all this stuff, I mean, no, that's what so we're here for. I mean, we, you know. Well, uh, let me ask you this. I, this don't, I don't know why. I don't this know of another county in Texas where I've seen emergency vehicles that deal with emergency management. They don't have some kind of light bar on them, or I don't know County. about a siren. I don't. Washington County EMC does not have lights and sirens on this. Uh, I just, again, you know, what are you using the vehicle for? I. Why does Textile need lights on their vehicles? I mean, I don't know. I mean, they do. They have light bars. They don't have the. What distinguishes it from a police vehicle, deputy? I don't know. What, what makes you different than everybody else that we can't have? You have blue or is one of the colors? Only first responders can have blue. Only first responders can have blue. Do you have blue? On trucks? On your trucks? Same thing police have. Okay. It's because we're first responders. Okay. Right. Is, is your, do you consider yourself or is our emergency management coordinators considered first responders? Yes. Right. I, I, Judge, I would disagree with that. There, I mean, if you look at here and their car, their vehicles, they, they don't, most of them do not run license signs. They are considered emergency management vehicles and they are support. They're not a first responder. They have strike teams for that. You are first responders. I think it's definitely something that will answer. I mean, we, I, without, I mean, that's a, this is a loaded question. We, we gave you this. We, yeah. need to, we need to figure out the answer to that. At some point, maybe it's something. I mean, I'm later. sure there's going to be some sort of lights for safety reasons. I mean, like I have them on top yeah. of my county pickup. They're just orange ones that they fly. Yeah. So yeah. if we have cutting up trees at night or something, I want people to yeah. know that they're yeah, I completely understand that. But I'm saying, you know, a loaded down truck with lights all over it, you know, yeah. siren and everything. That's what I'm questioning. I'm not saying just okay. yeah. a regular. All right. Let's go back to what we're here to, what the agenda is. It's been a great discussion. But we're, the agenda is to consider take appropriate action term purchase of this new 2020 Dodge truck for emergency management presently located at Brandon Dodge for $48,968. Okay, that's what the agenda item is. Uh, based on all this other discussion, it's great and it's important. Is, uh, is there a motion? Does anybody want to? I'm going to move that we approve the purchase of the Dodge truck, the 2022 Dodge truck for emergency management, uh, using the funds that are available in the budget and authorizing the uh, county personnel to sign all required paperwork. Is there a second? Well, then I'll second it. Okay, so because I think the three quarter ton is, is what is needed for that department based on what it's. 
been required to do during emergencies and natural disasters. But so I'll second it. Uh, is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. Aye. Okay. The motion does not carry. It fails. Three to two. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. And with that said, uh, as we go on, is there an option, Commissioner, then to approve or seek some other method of replacement for the vehicle, or is the decision of the court that you wait till next year? I mean, we, we need to have. Uh, I mean, this truck is available. It has our name reserved on it. We by no means have to buy it, but it it has our name on it right now. Okay. Uh, just if you talk to either Josh or Matt at OPA, they'll. That'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, if we can get that approved as well. I mean, I, like I said, any truck is a blessing. Some do better than others. I'm going to that. Something. Okay. My current we'll truck proceed, has to we'll proceed with that then. If you get that information and proceed and get that vehicle. Do I need to come back to the court for that or just go ahead and do it? No, no, no it's been approved. You have to come back because we have to authorize it to sign right. for it. Every vehicle looks to court. Yeah. Okay. But it's but the court has approved a half-ton vehicle. Yeah, and, and, and there's no previously done that. There's no real rush if this is the one because it it is in it's it's scheduled for production already. So we're not they're not waiting on us to, to get it in. It was a truck they already had ordered. So it's it, and it, the order has already taken, which is where y'all had a lot of issues because of the trucks. They just didn't take the order. Yeah, the order this order has already been taken. Uh, we don't have a production date, but it has been taken. Okay. So my next step is yeah that's my question what, so what, 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 what do we have to do next i mean we can, if he likes that truck wants to proceed then we just put on the next agenda item okay and just let josh know or let me know let josh know it'll be it'll be it'll be josh and Oviedo. yeah that um, we do want that one and we will get you a i mean we still have to vote on it he knows how the whole process works okay um, but you'll have to write a po for it write a po for it Turn that in, have it on the next commissioner or, or a future commissioner item, and then, then it gets approved. No, thanks. I'll make okay. a motion to take a 10 minute break. <laughs> All right. <laughs> motion to take a 10 minute break. I second it. All right. All in favor? All, right. All, right. All opposed? Okay. Let's be back in at 10 till. She was. She was. Consider take appropriate action in accepting bids and possibly awarding a bid for mulching the brush yard at the recycling center. <coughs> we shut that door, please. Thanks. All right. <clears throat> Good morning, commissioners. So we received uh, two bids out of three companies that I've contacted uh, for the double grind, which historically that's what we always do. However, uh, two bids are over the fifty thousand uh, dollars. We received one bid for a single grind of almost thirty-five thousand, which is what I budgeted in the budget because last year we did that same project for less than twenty. So that company did not bid. Uh, Gardenville did not respond. Multiple emails, phone calls, they did not respond. To it. So um, 
We have one bid under the $50,000 mark, a $35,000 for single grind. Uh, I think this might work, and the reason being is if we sell that uh, mulch at single grind product, we might get rid of you know, uh, 10,000 cubic yards of it. And we, if we have to double grind, we have less to double grind. Over a year's time, it'll decay, it'll you know, rot, condense, there'll be less to double grind if we choose to double grind. What well, that is something that we talked about at the budget hearing, and so I just came back with some uh, grinders that so I look at options, see if it would save us money in the long run. Right. That's all the next item. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I mean, no, it's the next item, but what you're talking about. That's so this year, uh, <coughs> we're at maximum capacity already. Uh, we can't wait to get a grinder, our own grinder. We have to do something, you know, this year already. But that's one thing we were talking yesterday is if we get this company to do a single grind, we could possibly, and that be something to look into, is getting a smaller grinder of our own where we could grind up a smaller brush with less smaller equipment. And then we could also re-grind what they ground the first time, the bigger, larger logs. What would you do with the large stuff, though, that you can't run through your little grinder? We'd have to find another <clears throat> option or we... Separated out at one point, and you get the bigger company coming. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Why do we want to be in the mulch providing business? I don't know why. I don't. Why, why, I would why, ask why, the question. I mean, I, I, we may be. I don't know. Why? Why are we in the mulch providing business? I don't think we should be. I would ask the question. Why are we in the first business period? We were originally in the limb and leaf business, yeah. and this is wrong. Way out of the scope. I go out there and I see these trailers come in with these contractors with almost sequoia redwoods. <laughs> it is unbelievable what we as a county have. And to me, is it not the responsibility of the landowner or the contractor or something to figure out that and instead of nothing in the county? I don't know. It, we, it may be the right thing to do. That mulch. It's almost worth its weight in gold to anyone who does gardening or landscaping. And you should raise the rates on it and market it and sell it. The problem is we have... You almost had someone buy, come from out of county to purchase 115 yards of that mulch. Wonder water is this person on the agenda? Yeah, that's, that is... But the problem we have, we have a... Over you be on the end of the bill that you'd have to sign up. So I have to sign up for each one that I want to find out. That's right, by state code. Okay. But we have a we have an oversupply of mulch. So if we raise, I shouldn't ask the question. Yes, but I'm just wondering. But I, I can appreciate the fact that people want to have gardens and they want to have mulch. Well, you know, can we just have no more chances? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it's. To, to in, in the next agenda item, we're going to talk about buying equipment. <coughs> well, that's more for the 2023 budget. I know, but but again, in this general discussion here about the maintenance of that, the upkeep of that, the fact that we're having trouble right now, I think getting personnel to work at the recycling center. Again, I go back when economic times are tough. You don't always add; you cut. You know, you start looking for things that aren't essential and, and absolutely required, and and, and I just I, I'm, I'm, not trying to, I'm just curious though. But where do people get rid of this if we're not there? 
I mean, you have a place, you live in the country, but you have a lot of people who live in, in, in cities in Fayette County, and we're, we're, you can't burn it in the city. Well, a lot of that stuff ain't coming out of the cities. A lot of that stuff is coming out of people in Houston coming out here buying big fancy places and uh, having them go out there and clear everything and bringing it in here. And my deal is, you know, they form a burn pile. Uh, the thing is, like the one in town, they're just going to have that contract is going to have to find a place to put it. It's going to charge them more money. And but I mean, it's no, you shouldn't put it on taxpayers. That I mean, it's not, it's not your I, mean, I, I, I get where this is going. I totally do, but it just well, let's go back stop right now. No, I think we should. I think we should go to. We should have a new policy. You can't be over what I don't know what size, four inch limbs or something, or whatever size you think we should grind ourselves. I don't even know if we should do that. I mean, I'm with the machines, and I mean, just look at what a huge machine costs. Yeah. Small. Let's go back. I, I opened up a can of worms. Well, we can talk about that next. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Well, let's go back to this one right here, and just because the next one will get consider take appropriate action accepting bids, possibly awarding a bid for mulching the brush at the recycling center. So what you're asking is. Uh, you, laid, you laid out the bids. You had a couple bids, right? Correct. One was for two, two of them were for double grind. They were over sixty-five thousand. The other one was for a single grind. It was almost thirty thousand. No, 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 no. What is what up there bringing in? Well, that's what we're talking. But about. you're not really. I don't think understanding what what he said the first time. Yes. <clears throat> we have a lot. We have a lot of mulch currently, and we're hauling some more. We were going to haul some more up to the top today. But we have quite a bit in supply. We're going to single grind this at the bottom because over time they, they charge you by volume. But also too, when you pile up after you grind it and it starts decaying, you you lose half your pile. So instead of paying for to start with, we're going to let it decompose and then grind it again so it's half the cost. And possibly sell some over that. Yeah, and if somebody <laughs> wants the bigger stuff, if you want some compost or something like that, you can throw it in there for that. I don't know what the answer to this is. This is something that I've said, you know, like two years ago. How, how do you, what do you consider? Is the quality of our mulch that good? So I, <laughs> I, I got some one time and there was an awful lot of wire and trying to sweep some other trash in it too. I mean, and I don't know, I may just got a bad load. I mean, better. And, and I think uh, we've definitely cracked down on the trash that's in there and, and stuff like that. Uh, but last <clears> year, Gardenville did such an you know, oh, a great job and double ground everything. It, it is very valuable. Uh, it's not we can't get a bid from them again. So what was the what, I know I asked you, what was the uh, revenue on selling mulch? So this year currently we're at we're only at a little under ten thousand, nine thousand dollars. And what was last year? You know? No, I don't. Because we have a new reporting system, so we can track it better. So um, but that's one thing that I talked to yesterday was maybe we need to increase these prices and more, not necessarily, I know what you said on the mulch, but it needs to be on the brush because we need to slow that down to, because we can't get rid of our mulch right now. It's whole supply and demand. You don't raise the price of the mulch when you can't get rid of it now. We need to slow down the supply to make it. So let's raise the price of the brush up. And But now we actually have a way to track it. Uh, and, and it'd be fairly easy to figure what that, point would be. So if we went up five dollars per load, uh, it's only gonna generate thirty two hundred and twenty five dollars. So our currently our brush disposal fees have collected ten thousand one hundred and ninety five dollars for the year. 
uh, we charged the city of LaGrange 10000 last year. And then if you figure the um, uh, mulch yes. sales, we're right there at $30,000 to date, basically, if we charge them the 10000 Today or in a year's time? Today. Okay. So this is through so July. So this has been right yard is six months. We've collected on half of that brush six months in last year, correct? Correct. Yeah. So there's a little bit more money than so it's it's getting close. Mm -hmm. So for this one, we just need to decide if we're going to do a single grind or a double grind. We, we, we can't do the double grind without going out there. Yeah, you, ain't got, you don't have any room there. You better get to grinding pretty quick. So we're going to do what we can. I would say we just single grind. Single grind and go on with it. Well, I, I think we'll try it. I mean, let's see how it, if, if it does save us money by letting it sit for a year and then getting another company done. Or possibly trying to sell it as it is. Who is the company called? Uh, this one is Amar. Uh, we've done business with them, business with them in the past. I uh, would choose them over Austin Wood. Um, we've had problems with Austin Wood. So. Okay. And somebody asked me, I forget who it was, well, what, why don't we just get somebody to come take the brush, haul it off, ride it up themselves? And the last time we checked last year was 97000 It was more than leaving it there. We would accept them. Okay. I move we accept all bids and award the bid to Agmire for $34,000 for mulching the brush yard at the recycling center. A single mulch. Single mulch. Okay. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries. Okay, the next agenda item discussing purchase the purchasing in the recycling center of a grinder for mulching and possibly authorizing the auditor to advertise for a lease permit. So this would eliminate the need of having to go out for bids to bring somebody in to do this if we had our own grinder. That's what we're talking about here, right? I did provide, he provided me a This is just four different tub grinders that I found scattered across the United States and just something to uh, have a little information on. It's a job for you when you retire. It's like a, uh, like a tank retriever. Yeah. Well, well, Paul, what do you... Would work down there. You're in charge. I mean, what do you, I mean, I mean, this way. One yeah. of the reasons for this is we didn't even know what one cost. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. I mean, right. No, I, I agree. I mean, what do you think? You know, uh, it's not just the tub grinder we're going to need. We're going to need some sort of excavator, a grappler, something that can get the height of these things. And I think most of them are around 14, 15 feet. Uh, there is one at the very end, I think. Uh, no, there's a couple of them that have their own lifts, uh, but I don't know exactly how that would work with single grind and mulching and stuff. I think we'd still need, and we could use our loader uh, when we do the mulch. I know you said y'all doing a lot better job of watching what comes in and out of there. I know when we had our dozer there pushing that stuff up. If you got your own grinder, you better be careful what you drop in there because people. I know y'all y'all can't be down there to watch them when they dump all the time and sure. you'll find old chain links in there and burned up chainsaw bars and all kind of stuff in there. 
It's gonna go through that grinder. I mean, you look at you look at the year models. Ninety seven, two thousand, two thousand two. I mean, that's some of our equipment that we're trying to get rid of. But, you, know, <laughs> you know, you don't want to dive off into that. I mean, that's, now we know the price and why it's still a little far out. Well, would we be better off in the long run? I mean, I don't know what the legality of it is or whatever. Would we be better off in the long run trying to find a piece of land right outside city limits? Old gravel pit or something, or you just put it in there and burn it. The only thing of that is you get away from where it is now, you're having to put somebody out there, and the salary for that person, you're never going to come out. Are you willing to uh, have nice discussions with the environmental folks? No, a lot of counties do it. Yeah, a lot of counties. I mean, I didn't know this. I just think we could talk about this forever, but under the economic conditions we're under right now, I think sure. that's the last thing we need to be doing is buying a grinder. I mean, it would be nice if we could go buy a brand new one and hire three people to run it and everything else. But we just don't. Well, I mean, I'm not so sure that I want to take on that either. Is there, <coughs> is there any type of grants that would fund something this large? Through that solid waste disposal, no problem. That would be difficult to get them to fund. They kind of catch us. I could see them close the mill yard before we bought the machines. And I think that's our our biggest plea, public plea, is to say, hey, we really don't want your brush. If you have another option, take it there. Mm -hmm. But we made it so easy for them to pay the fee and just drop it off. So. I mean, I don't have contractors. I don't have contractors <laughs> called me. They were concerned that y'all didn't have it pushed up. They didn't have much more room. They said, "What are we supposed to do?" Yeah. That's what we do for a living, <laughs> you know. So they kind of. I mean, they done. Okay. Well, we're gonna move on. Eighteen. I, unless anybody's got any reason that we need to spend a couple hundred thousand bucks about an offer right now. I mean, I think we ought to. Uh, Paul, thanks for. This is an eye opener. I mean, we didn't know we needed that. So. Oh, I think we just no action. We can just accept comments. Uh, what do we want to do? Accept all the comments. Take no action. So, second. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Opposed. Motion carries unanimously. Okay. Agenda item 19 is uh, discuss, consider, take appropriate action to approving the purchase of two balers for the recycling center to be reimbursed through the Capcom Solid Waste Grant Program and keep Texas beautiful. You know Say so both of these failures were going out to the Warrenson location. Um, the Coca-Cola grant, which is to keep Texas recycling, keep Texas beautiful. Um, one of them is awarded through, uh, the funds are being awarded through them, and the other one is the Capcom. We cannot proceed on the Capcom and Angela can't help me on this because we don't, we we're, we're waiting for the, Betty has to sign the agreement that y'all signed two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, and so Ken May said that he was waiting for a few more to come in so Betty could sign all at the same time. Once she signs those, we'll get a notice to proceed and then we will be able to purchase the Baylor and get reimbursed for it. And so that was 39.9? Total funding, yes. Are they new? Yes, these are both new. So, uh, Times requires half down to uh, half deposit to uh, build the bailers. 
These are both single phase bailers. We have to get single phase out in Warrington because we don't have three phase out there. Uh, Phil Electric doesn't supply that area. And uh, with three phase, or it's miles away, so it's pretty funny. So, uh, like when you say Warrington, do you mean that place? Penfield, where you drop you and Phil Road? Okay. Yeah, we own that property there. Right. So, uh, definitely on the Coca Cola one or the Keep Texas Beautiful, we could proceed if we did a half down. And uh, it takes eight to 12 weeks. So, this is, we're not ready to install it, but we definitely want to have them built as quickly as possible so that they are ready for video. You talked to them about the power out there. Where are we at on that? You know, they were supposed to have that done already. I'll, I'll that's, what I was, that's what I was wondering. Because he told me it was about, uh, yeah, he told me it was about a month out. And it's yeah, at least it's been a while. Two months. Exactly. So. Yeah, and, these, I'm sorry, no. and having these baiters out there in Warrington are going to help the county how? Okay, how is that so gonna help the county? Currently, think of a plastic bottle. We have five bins uh, a week. I mean, uh, twice a week. Sorry, 10 bins a week. And we're basically driving air back to LaGrange because of those bins. So if we can put these bailers out there through these grants, we are gonna ship back to LaGrange a compressed product. So it's gonna save on fuel, man, uh, definitely man hours because of the driving back and forth. So, uh, and with all of the expansion out in that area, um, we applied for this grant and we're awarded 39,000. Will those be under any kind of overhead protection or cover? I know your neighbors yes. in here. So, that through that grant, it's a 20 by 30 pole barn. It's gonna be uh, constructed by precinct two. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, I, I would say you know, the precinct two has got really creative on building the pole barns with reduced materials. Yeah, you know, so that check was, out precinct four. Well, that was new materials. This is yeah, we're using we're recycling the bridge. But we tried to be very yeah, conservative when we submitted this bid. You know better than I did, but they probably got me protected. Yes. <laughs> So they'll have there will be a concrete slab. Uh, both bailers will be under, you know, a, a, a roof, and uh, hopefully they'll last a long time. But the biggest thing is we want to ship compressed material back to the range instead of air. Okay. These ones are weight covers. Correct. We will. The county will have to go up there and pick these up because they wanted six thousand. We don't have to. No, we are. We are. Well, yes. it was six thousand to deliver and another eighteen hundred to offload. So it was a no-brainer. We'll run up there and pick these up. Maybe you could bail up the brush and sell it for firewood. You get like ten dollars for that little thing we need a log splitter uh, on, on the, uh, uh, what are you Okay, well, do I have a motion then? Do you have anything else, Paul? I do. Melanie, so I would like you to write a very in-depth article about this, this recycling center going there, and then put it in the Flatown newspaper and then thank our current mayor for shooting it down in Flatown. It's not there. <laughs> Correct. This was a flat on your project that got changed. He was in the chain.
Okay, I move with you. Approve the purchase of two bailers for the recycle center, and we will be paying half down. Second. Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Paul, thank you and all the commissioners for working on this recycling stuff and trying to make it more efficient. And uh, it's been some good debate <coughs> among all of you, but I think we're getting there and the county's going to be better off for it. One thing I, I'd like to add on both of these grants, we do pay upfront the money for the um, Agenda uh, item 20, consider discussing action approving an interlocal agreement between Fayette County, Texas, and Bastrop County, Texas, regarding paving and widening of, is it Reader Road? It is, but it's And including constructing a new fence line along Reader Road. And it is, it's R-E-I-T-E-R. Yes. It was just Reader. Reader. It's Reacher. It's Reacher. Okay. We better make I've given the study wrong to Okay. All right. Good. So what is so, us? So I, what's happening over there, it's really, it's, it's two part on this. So <coughs> on highway, right at the Bastrop County line um, of Highway 95, we have a small portion, it's about 1,500 feet of Bay County that turns into Bastrop County. Well, the road from fence to fence is about 20 foot wide on it. So all the water when it rains, small rain, you have to drive through about a foot of water. So the property that uh, on the south side of the road belongs to Mr. Um, ben Clark. So his property starts in Fayette and goes into Bastrop County. So up to his property, Bastrop County has about a 40-foot driveway. They have a ditch on the side where the water flows. The only issue is that little section of the road. So Mr. Ben Clark said he would donate 15 foot of right-of-way to his property if the county would doze the tree line, build the build a, um, the ditch for them, and then pay for the fence. So I've got a, we have an agreement with Mr. Van Clark that we will put, we'll rebuild the fence. The other part is we have an interlocal agreement with Bastrop County. They're going to do all the work that they are. We're not going to pay for any of the work. The only thing we're responsible for is building the, paying for the fence when it's built. Maybe a third party from Bastrop County can build a fence. But as of right now, then we'll have, we'll have Right now, two inches of rain will make a foot of water on the road. It's just really nice. And then all of our other washway really should be down Mount Pongo. So it's, it's, it's going to be an interlocal agreement with Bastrop County and then a road easement with Ms. Lee Clark. And uh, Ms. Beck and Clark Beck, the county commission there, has already made the arrangements on a third party of the fence. And uh, so it's, it's really a win for And that's for us. not unusual, correct me if I'm wrong, commissioners, that we end up having a bill Fences when we do <coughs> road work and stuff, right? And it says paving on here, but we're not paving. It's going to be a gravel road. Um, so, at the end, of, for us to pay for the fence, it's going to, we're, we're coming out on the better end. They're going to do all the shaping and the building themselves. They agreed to do that. Yeah, I'll make that change on the title. I know we changed it within the document for the fencing versus the road, so I'll make that change and then we'll so I move that we approve an interlocal agreement with Fayette County and Bathrop County for the widening of Reader Road and, include, and including a construction agreement, <coughs> a road agreement with Simon Ben Clark for 
constructed on a new fence on your road. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. 10 item 21. Consider, discuss, and take appropriate action in approving the purchases of gravel for precinct 3 road and bridge apartment due to increased costs. <coughs> so it was. So trying to find a native rock around here is getting kind of difficult. Or they produce the best to buy things and we'd like to do something a little bit larger. And I think everybody can kind of tell you it's kind of difficult. You kind of got to get there and get what you can while it's available. So we have a bid with C-Mix, Colorado material. This one, this one was a C-Mix, and um, so it's a, it's a limestone chip rock. And the price was $14.50 what we had to bid on. And uh, I called him. He said it's the new price. It's $19.50 if we pick it up the bid. So he locked it in. And it's not just, it's good for all the precincts here ever once. It's not just for us, but it was over the 25%. Marketing dollars per ton. Per ton. Of course, we have to pick it up in San Marcos, so where it's at, so it's a little bit dry. But since it was over 25%, I asked Blake, and he says probably a good idea to put it on the tender, but let everyone know this increased cost of it. He said that it's pretty sure it'll be locked in the rest of the year now. And it's just because of the increase of the fuel to run the crushers and all that stuff. So I'm going to approve the purchase of gravel. For precinct three and road bridge due to the increased cost of rock from fourteen fifty to nineteen fifty per ton. Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion to change. Agenda item twenty-two. Accept and approve the written plan of frontier communications to post on the line in the quarter of the road. Towards Blacktop Road and Precinct 1. Just in time, you get this good one. That's the way it goes. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> uh, this is just a, the, actually, this is the main communication line from getting to LaGrange that we're replacing. Uh, I approve the plan for Frontier Communications to put telecommunication lines in the corridors of Ward of Blacktop Road. <coughs> Is there a second? Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Opposed? Uh, 10.23 is considered to take appropriate action in accordance with Local Government Code 263.152.138 on a resolution authorizing disposition of salvage surplus property concerning 2001 Ford F-150. Bid number is stated with said property to be offered for sale at the online auction. This is one of the old, old F 150 trucks that we have with the Gazelle miles and the engine uh, failed and that needs a whole bunch of repair and it's completely not worth putting any money into it. Half the dash is gone, it just needs to be rooted. So I'm sure it won't get much for it. Is it that tan? No, we actually, that one, we actually switched the dashes. Okay. To save that one. So what are you going to do with it? Put it on my option. And nobody bids on it, and maybe it's not. I so move. Is there a second? Any right. further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Move. Motion carries. Agenda item 24. 
is considered to take appropriate action in accordance with our local government code on a resolution authorizing the disposition of uh, such a dispute. Concerning uh, surplus property concerning 25W20X604I beams, 24 feet long, the set property be offered for sale. So, uh, whenever I took over the precinct four yard on the northeast side, going all the way down to the creek, we had a whole lot of property back there. And it was full of old concrete, uh, old metal, old cover pipes, just junk pretty well. I wasn't able to use any of that area. So since then, we've been getting rid of all that, cleaning it all up, selling all the metal. Well, we found these big, huge beams that are pre-World War II that have been sitting there. Nobody can tell me where they came from. They don't know if they came off I-10 years and years and years ago and all that. So rather than taking them for scrap, I contacted some people and uh, some bridge builders. And so uh, they're offering us very good money for them right now because they can still use them. They came and inspected them and everything. We don't do our own bridges, and so uh, that's why I want to go ahead and declare uh, salvage surplus to go ahead and get more money from precinct four, rather than just taking the first draft. Do we, if we are authorized to do that by going to surplus with them? Okay. What size are the beams? What? That'd be 20 by 60 pounds. Yeah. 20 inch. 20 inch. 20 inch by 60 pounds per foot. Are they heavy? 60 pounds per foot. Not 24 feet. And you know, some of them are a little not in the best shape, but hey, they said that they'll take us and take it and they'll give us way over double what scrap price is. I, and, I, and stuff like this, I can't even use it like to build bridges because now they want they want to know what grade they are and there's no way to know what grade that is. Sure. The thing is, you can't just sell them to one of the bridge guys. You've got to declare them well, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking about. Somebody's going to come by these things and then go down here and do bridges. Are you, well, and I guess, are you going to do a, uh, how are you going to sell them? Uh, well, I was uh, about to be informed by Blake, since it's not a vehicle or a piece of equipment, I don't have to go and do the auction. As long as we determine it's fair market value for what the uh, bid was that he gave you, we can sell it to him. I asked several times, and mm -hmm. he also took asking. Because I thought we had to do, I mean, I, you don't have to do an online auction, but I thought we had to go out for, like, put it in the paper and advertise it and then just say, hey, sealed bids for this. That's exactly what I thought. That's why I asked him, and he said, no, we don't have to do it with this. So, okay. All right. Good <coughs> department. That's all. Appreciate it. Yes. Cleaning things up. Uh, so good. I still move. Second. Second. Any further speaking? All in favor? Yeah. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 25, authorize a full-time position for a custodial assistant. I think I put this on there. So I think we need one with the expansion of our facilities. And, and the question is when. Uh, and so I throw that out for discussion. Bailey uh, doesn't want the job. But uh, man, we're uh, spreading out here. <coughs> I mean, it's like I said before, I don't, I have no problem doing this. I think it's a good thing. I just think we need to wait a little bit closer towards the end of the year. I mean, we can, if you want to, I have no problem even approving it now, but I mean, start, say, October or middle October. Uh, that way we can do all the preliminary stuff in advance if there's enough money to do so. That I'll check on. I know definitely next year I can have it in the budget. 
right now, like I currently have mentioned to her because our building is a little bit bigger, just to do the basic cleaning. I think that's what she's doing now. Not to yeah, go it's not just your facility, though. We, you know, we have we are paying someone else to do the ag building and do the meadows building. Which and they'll have till the end of the year, and then at the end of the year, they will no longer be because I have to inform her that that we will no longer need your services, but they are still extended to the end of the year. And then beginning of next year, then yes, we'll have to have an assistant to take care of those two buildings. Plus then by that time, our tax assessor collector's office will be through. I just, I mean, on my rationale is I think she needs say we're going to wait six months. We, we, can't, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. She's not going to get any help. If there's any way we can afford it, I, I wait six months. I mean, she got these restrooms. she got the Pioneer building now. I don't know what we mean when we say we'll just do partial cleaning, you know. I mean, I, the Meadows building, uh, do we need to give the people like this, I understand, give them six months, though. They need six months. We don't have a contract with them, but I think it's right to give them enough warning but i like maybe if we could look at it in october uh, i don't want to wait till jane i think that's half a year she's that's a lot of work but i mean the only added thing that has changed is going to be the bathrooms and foundation work so could be because we haven't changed anything else yet everything <laughs> is, is the same pretty much size well the time here well, you took away a building over here and you just moved it over here. Yeah. Building there. Building's just paying that. She's not. Yeah, but I think there's a lot. It's pretty. Don't you think it's so more expensive? But that's the pioneer building, the little rental building. Well, the thing is, that's where I've asked her just to do the basic over at my building for right now. Over there, yes, she was doing a lot more extensive <coughs> over there. Our building over here is a little bit bigger, but I've asked her, hey, don't worry about my desk for right now because the girls can do theirs. Don't worry about the glass for right now. That can be done once a month if we had to do it. And if so, the girls can do it themselves too. Mainly doing is sweeping and mopping. And that's it for that building. Now, I understand once the tack building comes on that that is going to be a whole lot bigger and we'll be needing a person to handle the whole entire Okay. Does the city have to have with the cleaning of the garbage park? Is that all the county's responsibility? Well, well we talked to them a little bit. I just think about who's going to open it and close it and things like that. Um, but you know, it'd be nice if you could find a person and say, listen, it's going to be part time until January 1st. After that, it's going to be a full time position. Yeah. I don't know if somebody would want to do that. Somebody would say, okay, well, I'll call it up three days a week for now. And then after December 31st, it's going to go into full time. Be asking a lot to find somebody to do that. That would give us something. Yeah, that, that until, would be an option. It would just be a part time until the end of the year. But, you know, it's kind of like, it's not easy finding just part time help like that either, but it'd be worth giving a shot. But yeah, I mean, that would be worse than really give us some help. I can look into that and come back to you with it. The next meeting we have. Okay, so uh, I'm going to read the further action item 25. 
Agenda item 26 is acknowledged creation of guardianship administration position under the county judge's office and instruct the auditor to make necessary budget amendment. Uh, I also put this on here. And uh, for those that don't know what it's about, one of the most difficult jobs, and only a lot of people understand and realize this, that the county judge is responsible for is guardianships. And that's the care of incapacitated people in the county. And by state law, that falls under the judge in the county to be responsible for the well-being of these wards. Not only their personal well-being, but their financial well-being if it's a guardianship of the estate. We have well over 40, I think, guardianships in our county. What, we had somebody walk in two weeks ago with 10 more? And uh, there's lots of great family members and friends who stand up to be guardians. They have to be screened. They have to be interviewed. They have to do a lot of things where we can't find people to be guardians. That's my. That's our job. That's the court's job to go out and find them. Uh, there are professional guardianships out there, but uh, I, I, I think we do fairly well. But I think we need to be doing a lot better handling our guardianships. And, Due to the great understanding of our county clerk, I have worked with Brenda to see if we could bring uh, Tama over here and work for the judge. And, and I've talked to other county judges and other uh, guardianship, uh, some, of, some of the larger counties have judges that only do guardianships. Unfortunately, this county, the judge has to do other judicial things. But I just think it would be better handled if she was over here working on the for the judge, going out and doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing that I don't do as well. I'm supposed to be going and visiting these wards of the state. You're supposed to be visiting them. You're supposed to be maintaining the cases. You're supposed to be making sure the annual reports come in. You're supposed to be monitoring their health care. You're supposed to be monitoring their finances if it's a guardianship of the state. All of these things that require, I think, a single person. I know Tamara's been doing that over in the county clerk's office. She also has been responsible to do other things over there, too. So in talking with Brenda, she's agreed to let her come over here to do this. Now, with that said, the county clerk's office is still involved. That's where all the electronic filing is done and all these other things. So she'll be working very closely over there. And Ms. Feetsome has allowed the salary to come over with her. But I have told Ms. Feetsome to watch and monitor that because I know that the volume of business in your office is increasing too and we may have to to take some measures to provide you some further assistance in the future as well. This would not happen if this lady had agreed to do it. I'm requesting it because I think it's important to the county. Uh, when you deem somebody incapacitated, that is about that's the most you can do to take away their freedoms. They can't vote. They can't go to the bank and get their money. They can't do anything. The ward cannot do that. The guardian is responsible for all that. So it's something we take very seriously when you strip somebody of those rights, declare them incapacitated, and, and uh, give them a guardian. So this is just an effort, I think, to, uh, to make that better. And I, any comments or anything? 
How does that work? I mean, you say ten of them just showed up the other day. Regards me. Yeah, well, we're looking into that. Uh, we had uh, one of the nursing homes, and I, I I don't know whether they're just trying to clean their act up. If they are, I want to work with them right there. Sometimes some of these facilities tend to dump their problems on the county. We are ultimately responsible to take care of incapacitated persons, people who have been declared incapacitated. Somebody gives us 10 people that the doctors have looked at and said they're incapacitated. Well, where did they come from? How did they end up in those particular facilities? Uh, who's in charge of, many of them are terminal. They're, they're going to pass away pretty soon. You took these people in. Uh, did you make any arrangements? Do they have any? Do they have any uh, relatives? If so, have you tried to contact them? Are you just sending them to the county because that's the most convenient thing? To do? That's that's how we got this last ten. They may be legitimate. We're looking them over right now. I think it could be some of the facilities trying to do the right things and and not stop taking some of these patients that the prison system and some of the others send out here that do need guardians. So and you may you deal with this too. Well the reason we got so many at one time and we're starting to do some more is because this particular nursing home or facility did not have a social worker and they just brought one on and she went through all the cases and realized that they are not where they need to be. And so um, they, they're cleaning up. They just they just had a position before and now that's what <coughs> Which, in the long run, may probably going to be better for the county because so this particular facility, as it stands now, we're just swapping supervisors of this person. That's right. But no added, but no added money to the county general fund. No, we're going to do without. Yeah. December, we're going to see. We're going to make it. We're going to push and figure it out because now we have some training and do some changes. But um, we will. We will make it through the end. No, I'll call her. If, if, if she comes over here, it doesn't work out. It's not getting any better. And we're, and you decide you, we, we're going to change it. But I think it's the right, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to make us do this part of our job better. And uh, I, again, I appreciate your assistance with this. That's what this is about. It's not. And will we approve the creation of the guardianship administrative position under the county judge's office and instruct the auditor to make budget? Is there a second? Is there any further discussion? Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion other than I? We want to reiterate my appreciation to the county clerk for her cooperation and understanding on this, and, and uh, I think it's going to be in the best interest of the county and the next judge. My, 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 my part of my turn and the next judge as well to set this up this way. So, okay. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 27 is to consider take appropriate action concerning approving the payment of our currently due Fayette County bills and expenses. We had the unusual ones. We had for Nancy Lasagna, who is the court reporter. 
She prepared transcripts for a trial that's being appealed. That was $11,904.63. Tyler Technologies, we had our Odyssey hosting fee. We had one quarter, which was March through May. We were waiting for them to correct the bill. We got that done. That's $41,976. Now we have the June to August on there, and that's $46,418.46. This is a one that gets paid quarterly, and this is for the um, court systems. This is for the sheriff's department, district court, um, county procurement. Just criminal. Just the criminal part. JPs, they all use this one. The other big one we had was our annual ENCODE, which is our accounting program. That was $35,066, and that's once a year. We had some that we paid out of grant American Rescue Plan, the City of Fayetteville for the generators, that was $80,000, and this is all coming out of that ARP funds. The Gardenia Jansen Animal Shelter, we have that check ready, that's 75000 Then we had the transceivers. ARP funds. Yes, these are all out of AP, ARPs right now. We had transceivers, that was 1293 and then receptacles for the Flatonia PMS, which was 1500 Then unusual big amount one was the... Uh, Harvey had for Kirby Fork for the paving of Frischoff. That was $60,299. And of course, you can see that prices of uh, oil and paving. Uh, Silsby Ford, which came out of the uh, sheriff forfeiture for the lights and sirens for the new cars that they have on order. And he paid for all eight of that for the lights and sirens out of his forfeiture. $39,490.96. We do not have the vehicles in yet. He is waiting on, they've been on order, but we'll wait for them to get in. Did you, and if you did, I apologize because I couldn't find it. Did you submit us the reports to illustrate the obligation rates and where we are at this point of the year? I, did you give us those? Did you submit, you know, mm -hmm. the Six months, the first six, six months. months. Yes. Not yet. Those not yet. quarterly, though, right? Oh, uh, yes. Well, I should be getting to those to y'all monthly. Okay. And we're finally getting, I've got the guys here, but I don't have the whole commissioner's court one, which that I will get out to y'all today or tomorrow. Focus. I'm just going to focus on these obligation rates, see where we're standing on. But you do have in the courts the first six months. Yes. So for y'all's worksheet, I do have the first six five. months for both the revenue and that's, the expenditure. That's the whole that's through this six months. Yes. All right. So fortunately for like mine with the sixty thousand, like the new subdivisions coming in, those roads are all twenty foot wide. So when you know when it whenever it will be it should be in your lifetime anymore. I mean by the time the roads need to be built, you can build them but like ours in Fishhawk. There's trees in the middle of the roads. Some of the roads are 13. Well, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm looking at you. You're right. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully you can be talking to for 15 years or so. You're <laughs> 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 very good about you right now. All of mine, yeah. you know, we got trees in the road. So I don't really have any, can't have any choice but to, to have somebody with a lay down machine coming there. I can't go in there with maintaining the belly downs. But the newer ones should be much easier whenever they at that point. So we've got. 
one more street, and I would have done this year, but the bid on that one would have been it was forty nine thousand to do that next one, so that would put me over way over hundred thousand dollars. When you talk about the construction of these roads, I know a lot of them look at our our subdivision regulations on what how a road has to be built. But I'm going to tell you one thing it is a blessing because I remember back before they were going these little stripped out gravel pits to put that clay gravel down, and they would pave over it and get it approved. And first time they all filled our dental concrete trucks went in there, they went to pieces. I remember them having to come back in, and it got very expensive. So. Even though it costs more up front right now, I think those roads are going to hold up. They do a heck of a good subgrade, good limestone base, good double course of chip seal being approved. Uh, most of these contractors already know they got to have a good engineer out there. they got to have all their tests done. You know, you got to put them in right, but you don't have to worry about them for long. Yeah, it's a 60 foot right there. What is it? 60 foot? And like, over the fish off, 60 foot from the road. 30 foot from road is a house. And but, so it's, it's just difficult. No, I don't know what you're saying. But like on these, on these new subdivisions, there's not a house mm -hmm. on there yet. So all the fields are going to be hauled in. All the concrete trucks got to come in. And, and all the lumber trucks plus everything else. So you're talking about a whole lot of heavy trucks on these brand new roads. So there's a reason why they got to be built the way they are. I mean, otherwise, they would never hold up to that. Yeah, they do. Any other questions on the I move we pay the currently due expenses. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimous. Agenda item 28 is considered to take appropriate action in, in setting a date for a public hearing concerning the county clerk's archive plan for 2023. County clerk. Yes, this is something that we have to do every year. Um, we have that fund that we have money sitting in that is specifically designated to um, to keep our anything between 1950. So we're still scanning. So we have a digital um, you know, form of it as well. We got scanning and indexing that we're still working on and um, repairing small books and uh, preserving everything that's pre-1950, which is um, history of Fayette County. What's the purpose of the public hearing, though? I have no do, idea. Is it has to do with the money that you spend on it? I guess it's because or? it's public money. It's put, you know, every time we do a recording, $10, remember, recording goes into this fund, and That's once right. we're through with this project, whatever that would be, then we will no longer collect it. But um, we have to work on getting that. And I guess this is maybe keeping me accountable that I'm doing it every year, and it's just not sitting there because that's right. what it had to do. So, um, so we have to set a date. You want to tell them what the date is? You want to do that? August 11th, right? No. Well, can I go further because the transition? Whatever you want. I mean, because I have to have 15 days prior to going to the paper. I think that just with all that changing. That's fine. Um, can we do August um, 25th? Uh, yeah, I think it doesn't make a difference. It's just you got for your posting. Mm -hmm. That gives you more time to get things on top. So. Okay. I move we set the date for a public hearing concerning the county clerk archive plan for 2023 for August 25th. Mm -hmm. Is there a second? Second. So any further discussion? All in favor? All opposed? Motion carried. 
Agenda item 29. Agenda item 29 is to consider to take appropriate action to propose salaries, expenses, and allowances for elected county and precinct officers for the year 2023. This is something that we are required by state code to do well on a timeline. It has to do specifically with salaries of elected officials. Right? I propose and that we do this after the budget workshop today. Okay. So yeah, we know what we're working with. We're going to okay. change that around for the public, public workshop. But uh, again, I want to make sure everybody's clear on this. So when we do, this is required by code for these elected officials. But also, this is for posting. And it's you can. it doesn't mean what's posted is locked in to get. Go lower, can't go high. So, but anyway, so we're doing this. Uh, we'll talk more about it when we get to the other side of it. We just want to defer that one till uh, we're we just going to skip over that one for now and go to the so that one and the next one too. Yeah. That's the areas yeah. for that. Okay, okay. Agenda item 30 is to consider take appropriate action in authorizing our county auditor. To publish proposed salaries, expenses, and allowances of the elected county precinct officers of 2023. You want to skip that one as well? Yes, yeah, so I think that ought to title us. Agenda item 31 is a budget workshop, and what I would like to do is propose a, uh, a little break here, if we could. Uh, you want to let her do hers? You want to let her do hers? So she doesn't have to come back? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so you want to go ahead and open the yes. budget workshop. Yeah, okay. I'm sure you're very patient. So, okay, do I have a motion? Who will be open the budget workshop? Second. Any further discussion? All favor? All favor? Motion to be We're sorry. Thank you for your patience. No problem. Good morning, Judge and Commissioners. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Joanne Fishbeck. I'm the Director of Fayette County Adult Probation. And I, unfortunately, am here to let you know that we have outgrown our building. Um, we need more space. And um, I have some photographs of the bathroom this is the women's the women's bathroom that that we have to use along with the defendants it's, as you can see it's very small where we have to monitor your analysis with the probationers two people cannot fit in this bathroom we have to stand there with the door open while the defendant is in there urinating so no one can come in the hallway because they would be seen that little sink there in the picture is the only sink we have there is no sink in our kitchen we have no hot water at all in our building uh, for the kitchen did this all just happen this year 
Yes, sir. I've had no requests in the previous years since I've been here for this. It's just. It's always been this way, but um, I mean, well, well, we've just no, always been told. Oh, thank you. Okay, thank you for bringing it to our attention. I, yeah, it's uh, always been this way. And then the last one is, is mold that's growing in there. So Cindy put it on the agenda for me because before we've always been told it's just how it is and there wasn't anything they could do about it. So. Is this all? Can we use ARP So we were just talking about that. So it's possible, but yeah, I mean, if they outgrow their space, you know, we've talked about the, the jail as well. But that money can be used for congregate settings um, for improvements, things like that. So you, what kind of setting? Congregate. Where everybody's at. Next question, how, how big space do you need? And will this space work? Do you need a remodel? I mean, that's what I'm, you know, that, looking at that with ARP money as a remodel or something like that, or if you're trying to, if you're going to expand the jail and need to add on something, that money can be used for it. Your current building is pretty good size. It just has filled up a lot of storage, which could be redefined as all conditioned, air conditioned space back there. Well, all of that is filled. It's all designated to different agents. I know, but if we had... I mean, oh, kick them besides out building and a new building, that would be much easier to do that and find another space for the storage. Because storage it, is much cheaper than building a new building. Correct. Yeah. And if if that were to happen and the building could be remodeled there and bathrooms and hot water and mm -hmm. all of the other issues could be corrected, it you, you that would be great. No, sir. There's not hot water. Never has been hot water in the building. There's no hot water either. <laughs> I, I think we need, for this particular issue, we need to we need to gather a lot more information. And one is, is ARP money going to can it pay for this or a portion of it? Second thing is, before we start getting too much, is how much space do you need? I mean, I, I agree. I mean, with doing this, you need. I mean, it, you need hot water, bottom line. That can be probably accomplished very easily. But We've always been told that there's no way to do it, it by the maintenance. Well, I think it's a health issue. Absolutely. Well, I, 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 the maintenance folks have said there's no way we can make it fix it up. That's what they've always told us. I, this is news to me. And so, I don't know, probably the other commissioner too, but no. That's our responsibility job to provide good working conditions for our people. And if they're in buildings or restrooms in this condition and they can't do their jobs and there's mold all over the place and, and uh, whatever, no hot water, that, that needs to be, that's the responsibility of the court to make sure that that gets fixed. However, we do a lot of good things, but one thing we don't do is read minds. And we had no idea I did that this was an issue right. today, so I appreciate you bringing it to our attention, and I agree with you, Jason. We need to take a bigger look at this whole thing. I, 
I don't know how we can remodel the back. I'll do it if you want, but it's your precinct. I don't want to look at it. You can be there all day today, Joanne? I can be there as long as you want me to be there. I don't know when we get this. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I want to go with you sometime. Yeah. Let's do it. Can we do it next week sometime? Yeah, we can um, set up a date. That'd be better. Towards the end of the week, because I'm going to be at a conference yeah. through Wednesday. Yeah. We'll get in touch with you somehow. Sure. Let me yeah, let's we'll go over there. We'll try to figure it out and help you out. Okay. And I guess the other question is, does, do the do the year analysis have to be done at that location, or can they... I mean, does it have to be there, or can we meet them at some other location that's kind of building is more accessible? I don't know. We have to, well, I mean, we would have to leave our office, go to another location, come back to the office. So it's, I mean, really, it's part of the office visit, so it needs to be done in-house. Yeah. We do some in the in court and they use the bathrooms here to do that uh it's and not a very good way of operating but this bathroom is joanne has you've submitted some other we've got it we, we need to take a bigger, bigger and broader look at your entire facility over there and uh, we'll do that sometime next week or something we'll go over see what we got to do. Do you have some other documentation? Do you have some other stuff here? Or is that pretty much what you wanted uh, with respect to the budget? That's basically what I wanted to, to say, just that, um, you know, I'm going, our caseloads are growing thanks to Peggy. She's given us lots of people, and we certainly appreciate that. And as that happens, I have to increase the amount of officers on staff to supervise those individuals, so I can only have so many people per officer on the supervision, so I'm going to have to continue to hire more staff. Well, let me ask you this question, and, and again, these are one of these things I should know, but I don't want to defer to the auditor. The salaries of the, how many people are working in adult probation now here in Bay County? I have two. That the county pays for? Yes. Zero. See, that's, so that's that, what I'm making. So their salaries are paid for by the state. Now, we run the checks for them, but the salary is supplemented by the state. It's so like it juvenile, right? Yes. Okay. So now, they, but we don't pay any of their fringe benefits. We don't pay any of their things. She gets state is money to pay. Them. Is there any, does it's the state share any of the maintenance costs of the building and the facilities like mental health? No, no sir. The, uh, uh, the Texas Government Code, uh, Chapter 67 of the Government Code, says that the county has to provide the utilities, facilities, and equipment for the CSCD. The state supplements our uh, funds to operate the department, but 60% of my budget comes through fee collections from the defendants on their monthly supervisory fees that they pay, and 40% basically is a supplement of state aid from TDCJ. Do you envision the state 
getting any pay raises to the people that are working in self-probation this year? I'm going to find out next week. Okay. I'm hoping so, but I kind of doubt it. But the county has no part the of The county doesn't stuff. give me anything. Right. Or your people that work. No, sir. Anything else? Okay. Thank you for being here. We thank you for what you do. Thank you. We thank the county attorney for making sure you have business. <laughs> thank you. One of us here are recording this week. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Sorry, you have one. Okay. Has our, uh, is there any idea, without giving exact numbers, the growth of the business? in our adult probation. Have we seen a substantial increase in cases? In we have seen a substantial increase in felony crime. Oh, we, we have, as of June 23rd, we've indicted 208 cases so far this year. I have 40 for next week. Many Last year we indicted 280. On, many of those ended up on adult probation. Yes. And um, they have to be processed and managed and supervised and all that other stuff. Do you think you have enough people? Do you need to, if you needed more people in adult probation here in Fayette County, would you go to the state and ask for that? And would, how, how would, since we don't have any control over their salaries or hiring, I guess, how would you, if you need more people, here, how would you go about getting them? Well, I have to. Uh, well, actually, I have three counties. I have Austin, right. Fayette, and Waller counties. So I have a budget that I have. Once they give me my money, I have to write a budget, and then I have to distribute the money and figure out where I can put all my people. And I just have to divide it up and figure out how much I can pay each individual in order to cover all three counties based on the number of defendants that I have to supervise in each county. Do you think you need more people in adult probation in Fayette County? Yes. Have you let, as you go communicate with the state, does the state know that you might need more people in your three county um, area. I mean, in other words, how do you request that? How do you make that request to the state? We, well, the field of adult probation as a whole is constantly making that. As a matter of fact, we have requested $61 million in additional funding prior to the um, situation in Uvalde, which is probably going to affect us getting that money because it'll be redistributed to mental health issues and and things of that nature. So we don't know if we're going to get the money or not. The answer will come down within a week. By the 20th, we're supposed to get our, our funding numbers distributed. With your funding numbers, you can keep what you have at Bay County, though. Oh, yes, yes, no, we're, I'm not losing anybody for sure. I'm in good shape on, on my money to keep the people that I currently have employed. 
I'm hoping to get additional funding so I can hire more people, but I'm not going to lose anybody that I currently have. Can any assistance be given to adult probation, juvenile probation through forfeiture funds? I don't know. I'm just, I ask that. No. No. So I have, I appreciate you bringing this to our attention. Oh, so thank you. And we'll get on. All right. Okay. At this time, could uh, we're, in a, we're in the workshop? Could we? I guess I'd like to propose a ten-minute break, but I know Peggy may have. I'm fine. Do you mind having a ten-minute break? I'm fine, Judge. Sure. Okay. Could I get a second? Second. Is there any discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. I think everybody's here yes. now. Uh, you may just move it up to him, but that's what you're doing. Peggy, again, whatever you just wanted you to be here, if you had anything you felt you needed more of or anything that was Second. All in favor? Aye. Okay. Motion carries. Thank, thank, thank you, Judge. Uh, uh, just, you know. I mean, I don't really have a presentation. I mean, I no, presented no. the numbers. Uh, you know, we, we try to be very frugal and efficient with our office. Uh, we did ask for a little bit more for my people from uh, over the 3% that you've been talking about. Uh, our office works with every entity of Fayette County. And, you know, I've got people who are probably the most tenured. Carol's been there 27 years now. Bridget's been there 25 years. James has been there 17. Uh, and then anybody who comes in our office, they know how busy we stay. Uh, as I said earlier with Joanne, we've already indicted 208 felony cases in six months. We indicted 280 in the total year last year. Uh, we tried three significant cases last year. We're going to trial in two weeks on the Shaziz Mateen case. Uh, we have two murders that we're going to be going to trial on in the next year. We have sexual assaults. We just have a lot on our plate. And uh, we, we, we stay really busy. I, I want to reward these folks for staying, being loyal, being here, working hard, and doing a great job for the, the community. And uh, just ask that, and the way Cindy has uh, put the numbers on the budget worksheet you have, I, I think uh, we flip just $1,000 on the two top numbers, and that's what I was asking for. Do you envision any any uh, moving expenses or support you'll need as y'all kind of move into other areas of the courthouse and stuff? Is there anything that I, I don't you know, need? Judge, but I, you know we, we try to use forfeiture funds when we can. Okay. And on building type things, uh, we have that ability. Okay. And so I would envision using more of the forfeiture funds to take care of any kind of expenses rather than the county putting that bill. What, what is the primary driver? What what increases our forfeiture fund account? What what brings revenues into the forfeiture fund primarily? I mean, well, the the big forfeitures generally come off of I ten and our two interdiction officers out there, obviously, right. because they're working both sides of that for either the drugs or the money's coming back from the cartels. Uh, we do have also some aggressive officers who are, are working uh, and. 
uh, who do narcotics, and uh, they also look for money. How does it work with the sheriff's department? I mean, do y'all split that forfeiture fund, or do you kind of control that, or does the sheriff have some control, or how does that work? Because you have a forfeiture fund for your office, right? And yes. The sheriff has a forfeiture fund, and how, how is that? We, we have an agreement, a written agreement, uh, whereby we are to split those proceeds. Uh, we do that on a case-by-case -case basis, so uh, judge in that if, if it's something less than $25,000, all of it's going to go to the sheriff's office. Uh, so depending on what kind of uh, situation it is, if it's a car or if it's property, it's all going to the sheriff's office so they can sell it. Uh, we sometimes, and we just recently did one where uh, we gave the sheriff's department 75% of the forfeiture because they were wanting me to purchase certain things. And I said, okay, I'll just give you more of this forfeiture and I'll go do it on your forfeiture fund. And so we work kind of hand in hand with that. I will tell you, I believe I'm much more frugal with our forfeiture account than they are. Uh, and so that's why we've been able to build that forfeiture account up, but we pay for uh, the virtual training for the officers from all the entities now, uh, where the cops don't have to go get a lot of their mandatory trainings each year. They can do it on a computer and stay here. They don't have to travel, so I think that is a very good cost savings. Uh, we do send certain officers to specific trainings like intoxication manslaughter classes, domestic violence classes to where they'll go for weeks at, at, at an end so we can have some specialty because those are very special uh, investigations. Uh, and so we, we try to give all that back and, and serve the county in that way. What, could you just briefly say what, what uh, forfeiture funds can be used for? And it may be easier for you to say what they can't be used for. Just as a refresher for us and I don't you know just and I don't know the laundry list it's in yeah, chapter yeah, no, 59 I, I don't need a laundry list just but kind of it, it has to be used for the specific purposes of our office just like the sheriff's forfeiture fund has to be used for the specific purposes of his office so that means it can be used for trainings it can be used for for educational type things it can be used for copiers for our office which we generally will purchase uh, out of our forfeiture fund. So any kind of equipment for our office, training, training for us. Uh, it can be used for buildings. It cannot be used to purchase real estate. And that's the one big one that we had uh, some time ago. Uh, we cannot purchase real estate out of that forfeiture fund. I just want people to think you have forfeiture fund. Well, they pay for it. You got a forfeiture fund, but there are restrictions. Yeah. It, it, there, there are significant restrictions, and, and anything that we want to spend out of the forfeiture fund has to either be an approved budget that y'all approve, or I have to come to you guys. And that's why you always see that on, on your agenda, is that any time I want to spend those funds, y'all have to approve it. I did not look at that uh, sheet yet uh, with the salary requests on it specifically, but was there, as far as our contract attorneys that handle our indigenous, well, I mean, our That is not part of my budget. That's yeah. not. It is not. Okay. But Jeff did not ask for an increase. Okay. Oh, no. So. But, but in, in, 
you know, in, in fairness to like the, the two attorneys I have, you know, right. uh, they could both be making much more money out in the private sector. Uh, they're both good attorneys and they certainly could um, make significant amount. It's why well, it's not kind of hard to, to get prosecutors. With all the requirements we have now under the Michael Morton Act and being having prosecutors being shot at and any number of things, I know some of our other counties are having hard times filling positions. Uh, I know Guadalupe County is, is having a hard time. Como County has 16 prosecutors now. That's significant. Yeah, you know, I was uh, at TechCon yesterday with nine of the other judges, and oh my gosh, uh, one of the counties was down uh, 11 jailers. Uh, they're down deputies. They're down. Yeah, I mean it's in. I asked them, I said, well, is a lot of it salary? And they said, well, for the jailers, a lot of it is, and dispatchers, but two, uh, one of them came up and said, well, a lot of, some of our law enforcement people, they don't care what the salary is, they just had it. They're, exactly. not, they're tired of pulling cars over and, and rolling the window down, somebody sticking an iPhone in their face, recording them and taking their picture and all that. The, all the requirements on the additional requirements on our law enforcement and everything, I think it's a lot of them are just hey, I mean, I it's absolutely they're going true. to do another profession. Uh, so. Well, and you know, we have body cams now, and so everything is on body cam, and you know, I review all of those, and so the officers kind of get tired of me chewing on them a bit as well. Do you review uh, all of them? All of them? Yeah. For grand jury purposes, if if the case is not there, it's not getting presented. Are they ever turned off the cameras, the body cams? That that's a policy question for because I can't say for Lagrange PD and the, the PDs of the sheriff's department uh, when they're finished with taking somebody to jail and they are in jail, they, they turn them off. Your, I don't think people appreciate. I'm not trying to patronize <laughs> you or. or pat you on the back, although I will, but I think a lot of people don't realize, appreciate in these small rural counties like we, having a county attorney's office that does both county and district and local uh, law enforcement, and whereas many of these counties have a whole office full of attorneys that handle different sectors, and uh, so I, I, you know, we don't need to stop and think about that sometime, what your office has to do. Thank you. Anything else that you'd like to? Uh, no, I mean, we. if you've been in our office, our, we're wall-to-wall file cabinets now just because our numbers have increased, but I don't see anything that we're going to need to purchase from the office that we can't come to you with. Uh, is is morale high in your office? No, oh, it is not. That's good. I'd be worried about you. <laughs> you know, we, we, we deal with uh, uh, a lot of difficult things, and it's it's a, it's a frustrating world, and words do fly around every once in a while. <laughs> File cabinets get slammed and those sort of things. But well, for the most part, we do okay. Well, when I walk in there, like family. take the time to smile. And give you some candy every now and then. I buy out of my own pocket. <laughs> All right, thanks. thanks. Thank you all. I appreciate your time. Yeah, I'm just amazed. I had 
said, just some of these other larger counties, you know, one of them was making a comment the other day, man, I've got rid of the guardianship. I'm glad I don't want to do that anymore, man. I've got another, there's another assistant judge. Here. You know, they have, some of these have three or four or five judges, you know, they just handle probates. They just handle guardianships. They just handle <laughs> juvenile court. They, you know, these smaller counties just handles them all, you know, and uh, I don't say anything because it's, uh, Okay, I think next we're going to look at our emergency management coordinator and budget. Craig, you want to come up and tell us what we got here? Yes, sir. You got it laid out pretty good. We appreciate it. This middle list of uh, some things that are identified in our assessment for unmet needs. Not all of these are going to be met this year. Not all of these are going to be met by Cabot uh, County uh, as well. Um, and again, these are not requests. These are just some things that um, that have been identified as needs. You know, we're, we're way behind uh, where we need to be in, in many ways. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that are uh, that have never been provided for. There's a lot of things that have been provided for in the past that are that are wearing out. Uh, I have reduced my budget request this year uh, about $40,000 from 171,550 to 132,550, uh, whichever things the court would like to discuss, I'd be more than happy to. And uh, answer any questions. I didn't provide that one either for them because I didn't have it. Okay. The other budget he's talking about. These are. <coughs> From what I understand, the one that I attached were just needs, not specifically something he was requesting for the next year budget. Um, but I didn't have his budget request to put on there. So, I mean, you can get a copy of it. Did you provide that for them? I was probably just sending this may be a typo on it because I, I think it is. But it's got 26000 for telephone and communications. Should that have been 2600 Cindy? Yes. I think you just got extra zero on that. Mine says 2650. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, 2600. Yeah. I'm going to go make a copy of this so that you guys have it because that's not on there. Real quick, for the record. Yes, thank you. Instead of reading the line, I'm going to all these. So, any notices I'll see what email I will put. I got a few of them. I got a few to go back and look at from now next week again. That's why this is not a complete expense report or revenue report. It's, so, it's just basically starting. So I'll look at the this year. Yes. So it has. We requested last year, we we're around here today, and I request for next year. So we put $100,000 in there for Fayette County Security, Fayette County Facilities Security, $100,000. We haven't used anything yet this year. Yeah, so I've been going to some conferences and talking to some different folks and, and decided what to do. We're trying to make sure we spend that money in a good way, in a way that's not outdated. Uh, there's been a shift, in the, especially in the uh, surveillance world, where they've gone from these hardwired systems that are very expensive to more cloud-based systems. Uh, we're also going to be uh, boosting a metal detector, some other uh, hardening devices that we're uh, looking at, and we... I uh, plan on doing that pretty quickly. Uh, I've, I've about got a, an idea of what I want to do at this point, but what I don't want to do is throw good money at bad. We looked at one solution we thought was going to work for uh, exterior doors. 
And then uh, it went through testing and the sunlight didn't, it didn't hand up the sunlight very well. And what I don't want to do is spend much money on something and then it'd be obsolete before we go forward. Uh, these newer systems upgrade themselves are more subscription based than, um, than buying a whole bunch of hardware and infrastructure that goes out uh, fairly quickly. You used to have a majority of that 100,000 in IPv6. Yes. Okay. You, you perceive, but you perceive spending most of that before the end of the Yes, sir. I sure do. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we talked to a lot of folks at the Diversity Management Conference, and I also just went to one in Austin last week. Uh, it was hosted by Night Security. We talked to a bunch of the um, security professionals there. There's really good things that have come on the market since we started kind of looking into this uh, a couple of years ago, what to do to fortify the courthouse a little better, and not just the courthouse, the other uh, county offices as well. Um, I have ordered some things that uh, I don't I don't guess it's shown to come out yet, but um, there are some communication devices and different things that have been purchased. What's the correct, and I should be the numbers in red. The numbers in red are ones that I am still not 100% sure about the dollar amount. So life insurance, dental insurance, I know the dental insurance. Well, for insurance example, uh, on emergency management, Cindy, uh, internship, uh, salary internship, 10000 that's in red. So what is... Um, that's whether y'all decide y'all want to give them that, then I will have to go back and plug in for okay. Social Security, Medicare, and all that, depending on whether it's full-time, part-time. Well, all of this, all of those, right, we'll have to decide on whether we want to give it, right, the budget request. Or it's just these are ones that I have highlighted that I know I have to go back and look at. Okay. Now, being said that, if he's, keep in mind that if y'all decide to give him that truck, I will have to use some of the line item from the facilities to pay for the difference in that truck. What is that, 4000 If y'all want that, I'll yes. From the line item from what? From the facility security, the 100000 he's talking about. What because we only have budgeted in miscellaneous 33000 for his truck. The other part of that miscellaneous is the 25000 for the hazardous mitigation. Yeah, that's that's a, to stay in there. The 58000 for miscellaneous for next year. What? So yes. we ran into some issues with um, their dice storm specifically where we needed the ability to purchase things to mitigate an emergency right now and quickly. And there was a, a process for that. Uh, the recommendation from Blake, when I talked to him, was to put 100000 uh, in there. Uh, I think 100000 would be better. I just left the 58 because it was what it was uh, from the previous year. Uh, if you don't want to go up or down or eliminate that completely, um, but there needs to be a, a mechanism where if we need to get something, equipment, we need to rent a service, we need to do something right now to prevent things from getting on worse, uh, we need to be able to do that. Particularly when there are most of these emergencies, everything's shut down. You know, the auditor's office is shut down, there's not nobody available to call, things happen in the middle of the night, that type of thing. Are you talking about the miscellaneous I have carried over the 58000 Yeah. That was still for the hazardous mitigation plan in case it doesn't get paid this year or doesn't get finished funding this year or if he didn't get his truck this year, I had something at least started off in that line item for that. Because I believe he didn't have he didn't have no yeah, he had no change in miscellaneous. Yeah, your fifty eight thousand the truck was part of that fifty eight thousand. Yes, this year. 
Well, one thing all of the departments need to understand is that once you have 2022's budget and you don't pay for that truck in 2022 or we don't pay for that hazardous mitigation in 2022, at the end of 2022, that budget is gone. You need to budget it for it in the next year. And I'm having explained that to the Sheriff's Department that if you ordered your eight vehicles last year, but we didn't get it paid for this year, then you better put it in next year's budget. And they didn't understand that because once your budget of 2022 is gone, it's gone at the end of the year. There's nothing left that they have to carry over. They have to put it in the next year's budget. Or the other alternative is, is that the county takes that money and puts it in the uh, our fund for contingency. contingency fund. I don't particularly want to do that for first responders and stuff because, and even road and bridge, I mean, you're subject to weather, to, you know, ours is different. Yeah. Yeah. We, we roll our balance over. Yeah. yeah. But we also we, bail the general yeah. fund out. Uh, we're not going to do that. We haven't had to do that since <coughs> But yeah, but I, I'm hesitant to do that even for first responders sometimes. It's very hard to predict. So out of the 100000 for facility security, how much do you think that you're going to use this year? I, I imagine most of it. Because um, you didn't budget anything for next year. Correct. Well, it's 50. No, 50. I'm sorry, 50. You budget 50 for next year. But that, that oh, may no, be okay. used I, I, for, I, and, and this is a question for the court, can I use that money for a person if I want to put a person here that we determine that's what's the need? Okay. No, if you want person and you don't have it in your uh, salary position right now, you have to request a new person to be approved by the court, and then we would have to put it in your budget. Okay, so if I was using that person for facility security, that's kind of like Josh issue. this morning. I mean, he came to us because he didn't have any, he only had so many part-time positions, and he needed more. And there's no positions available, so that's why he came. You have to come to the court and ask for extra positions. Okay. And make sure you have the dollar amount to it with you. If that's the case, I would like to ask for a position. Uh, Will you have a position in there for salary secretary? Right. That changed last year, I believe. Yeah. Nelda's went and back to your office. I'm finding that there was some activity in it, so that's something I have to go back and check you to see. So that will be stripped out, then, right? Yes. Because we did move that. And salary internship, you know, maybe that's what, I don't know, I'm going to leave it up to you, but if you want to put something in there, request that. Yeah, put that in your request. Okay. You know. What do you see the intern doing for me? So interns have been very valuable uh, when things yeah. come along. It's been valuable to us as a county. It's also been very valuable to those interns. You know, the two, uh, two of the three interns we've had have gone into to huge things. I think the third one is going to as well, stuff that may even benefit the city. Our, our neighbor EMC now was one of our uh, interns. We've got another uh, intern that was just uh, accepted into medical school, and, and, it's, and he has an interest to work in a rural environment, which is hard to, to find someone to do that. Uh, they, they do a lot of things. You know, there's, there's a lot of hours in fire, and uh, it gets really busy at that's, times. That's, I, I appreciate the internship program here. I kind of probably pushed it on mute, but uh, I just think that it's, it's good to have them, and it's, 
if we can afford The issue we have a lot of times is you have these young professionals that come up and they, they don't know that there are things available here and those internship positions uh, I think show them that there's maybe more jobs available here than, than, than they know. And that kind of pattern of growing up here and, and going off for decades and then maybe coming back, we can keep that talent here. It benefits the county in my opinion. I don't know. I was over there at the election office earlier and they've got a really nice camera set up over there mm -hmm. system i mean it's been seven months and we don't even have to one outside yet i mean why has it some of that been taken care of i mean where where is all that why i mean it's july already and we don't have anything and she got hers set up in just a matter of it didn't take her very long did it jason Again, no i mean why took a little long i mean i mean why don't we have any industrial done already where we can see somebody can could be a screen and a judge's office, and you can see what's going on outside. But I mean, we don't have any of that done yet. I mean, what's well, that's not exactly true. We do have one uh, camera set up uh, that didn't have to comply with historic issues. Uh, complying with historic issues is a, is a difficult thing. Find things that are going to work here and look good and, and, and be beneficial. I guess, you know, like he's saying, you know, we're doing all these active shooter trainings and we're going out and we're training these churches and all of our employees and everything. We're telling them what they need to do. But yet, here at our own courthouse, it really hasn't been much done at all yet. I think that's our biggest concern. Okay. Yeah, we have put the uh, commission, the um, constables in as well. Uh, they're not here all the time, but it has been a, a boost and benefit. Uh, so. You know, you have on the needs uh, in here. I'm just looking down at this stuff. There's need assessment. Those are things. It's not stuff you're asking for. It's just stuff that you see that we need here. Right. Yeah. So in the miscellaneous, you know, for example, the things that we might spend that on are all of those things. There's there's a lot that we need, uh, and this was this this is what the 54 community stakeholders, the fire chiefs, the school districts, the, the county employees, the judge, the you guys. You know, I did, I did a need assessment with all of you individually as well. These are things that have all been mentioned by one or more. Which were required for emergency management plan. Right? Hazard plan, yes. I'm just looking at like the shared training, the drill tire for 200000 and all that. You know, you know, Texas A&M, Teeks, you know, they do the fire training over there. And as long as you go, Texas uh, Forest Service pays for all your tuition and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why any of the local fire departments will want to send their guys there whenever it's completely paid for. Why, why not go use their facilities to where I'm mean, there? They're top of the line. They're, they're number one in the country, probably, on training firefighters. And if you can get your tuition paid for, I don't really see the need for us having our own training tower, a drill tower facility for that. Yeah, again, this is something that was identified by the, the stakeholders. Almost every fire department said it was difficult to, to send their folks. It's also difficult because when their folks are training, they don't have anybody to cover at home. Uh, that was mentioned by department, department, department. Um, what I... Yeah, what I'd like to hone in on a little bit are those P25 radio upgrades. Uh, Two million bucks, okay, but we need to have it done supposedly by 2025. Is, should we be pumping money into that? Can't go through ARP. No, uh, the no Assistance Fire Grant is the only grant that I'm aware of that allows you to buy radios. And how many fire departments took advantage of that? Uh, seven, I believe. 
that would be, I think seven including Josh's EMS because they could be a partner mm -hmm. in that. Uh, those radios are considered a controlled asset by the governor's yeah, office, know, and they don't. Stuck here two years. But is that? But, but that is it. That is an item that most state agencies, the governor's office, etc., considers a financial. But, but a department should have the financial ability to purchase. Is that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't want to be stuck here. Is the console part of this? Does the console have to be replaced? No, so the console is fine. So really, if all the fire departments. 70% of the fire department's got new radios. We're just down to the county. Is it still going to cost $2 million? I don't know if that'd be 25 About a million of that would be covered by the grant. This is what it would cost to do this. So if, if it, and we have not been on board of that grant yet. Right. And, uh, I'm just trying to get a better feel yeah. for the yeah, I mean, the request, the request was just under a million. Could that, we could not have asked for more than a million. And that would, that would cover what those, those agencies said because you get radios based on seats on your apparatus. So that's that's what it's based on. And you know, I mean if, if that is a concern, I mean we've talked about this before in terms of the money that they get from the county, they could be using to purchase a P twenty five compliant radio. I've said many, many times that I think we are failing our first responders as a society, not necessarily as a core, but as a society. If every place they respond, they can't hit the radio and say, mayday, 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 I need help. An officer down, a firefighter trapped, an EMS person with a knife to the throat. If we can't say, hey, I need help, that's the base of what we need to do from emergency response. All the other stuff, all the fancy equipment, it's great, but if you can't say, I need help right now, that's that's a, that's a travesty, and uh, we need well, to figure out a way to I do don't it. think we're in that position now, even the way we are. I think. The P25, the whole thrust of that was for uh, interoperability. interoperability. It's covered as well, but interoperability is the, is the, um, the most distinct advantage. But yeah, the, the coverage map for the P25 compliant radios is much better than the current ones we have, but it's still not 100%. There's, there's still not a 100% of places you can go and get on the radio and say, I need help, particularly inside buildings, inside schools, you know, inside the places that people actually are in, involved in these. I, what, what year does this have to be done by? 2025? The unfunded mandate says 2025. So, I mean, I think, I mean, this, I think real soon, once we figure out this grant, we need to, we need to put a plan together and say, hey, how are we going to fund this? Because it's not something we're just going to throw in the budget a million dollars one year. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need to, we're going to have to save the 2024 budget as well yeah. for the 2025 budget and you and you also get into issues where you know we don't have necessarily control over all these entities and all the a large portion of these are volunteer fire departments that we don't necessarily have well we control that money though and as we look at the budget and the plan and the requirements we may have to work with them on some of that money that the county's given them we really need you to help us direct it. Right. So, there, there is a statewide plan through the SWIFT, which is the statewide interoperability committee that I mean, the UPS runs. There, there is a plan in place, and CAPCOG is a part of it. Craig um, sits on that committee, so it's not like it's not that that need is not there, the understanding is not there. Part of it, it comes down to literally saying we can't afford the cost of buying the radio. You know, that's one of the issues that you hear from our volunteer fire department. And another reason I have millions of dollars and stuff listed on this request that I'm giving you is saying if a grant opportunity comes up, hey, we brought it for court, there wasn't money for it, it helps us be competitive 
for things like a drill tower. You know, if someone says, hey, I want to, we have a drill tower grant available, I can say that was something that was identified as a need and we just didn't have the money to build it. Let me ask you, as a, being a fire assistant, fire chief, or whatever, is it should the volunteer fire departments, some of the money the county's giving them, be directed toward the this radio solution? Or the, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? There's no other funding out there. Yeah, I mean, you have to do something to comply with it. So you have to scrape together as much as you can and try to start paying for it. So we can sure But you know, the bad thing is that since I've been in in Fayette County. You started out with VHF and then we went to, I can't remember what the next one was. Oh, and then we went to 900s and everything just kept changing. They were like, okay, we're going for VHF to go for Scott. And they're like, okay, everybody make sure you get these radios. So we started buying, started buying, and then boom, it stopped. Now everybody has to get 900s. You, know, you have to start buying 900s. When you start buying 900s, you have all these 900s. Well, now you got to get 3.5. Well, so next, everybody tries to keep up with the times as they're changing, but it's just a complete well, My small. next question is why wouldn't this type of a buy? Or plan be centrally managed. Why? I, I think the advantage of okay, we know where we need to be in 2025. Let's have a plan where all 10 fire departments are on board. We buy together. We make mass buys. We will get the best deal if we do all that. But I sense that the fire departments want to go out on their own and buy their own stuff. <coughs> and I, I'm not sure that is the most efficient economic way to do it. I mean, I I, I don't know. My whole deal is, I mean, we think 2025, it's 30 years down the road. By the time that's mandated, everybody gets the P25. Is it going to be one or two years? And then they're going to go ahead and say, okay, now you have to say it. It is. So I think that's why everybody's holding off. But I mean, two years work. after you buy them, then they'll say, oh, that's going to be my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, and a frustration that you know, a lot of the share is I can buy a, a inexpensive radio that works as good as a three or four or $5,000 radio. For our needs, why do I care about mutual aid and people coming in? And you know, and, and they have they have a valid argument there. And it's but okay, that's what you have these expensive six thousand dollar P twenty five radios, and you still can't contact Gary and or PHI and talk to them. You have to go back to the old VHS system. That's the only way you can communicate. About it. I like that. Yeah, I like that. But with the fire departments, I mean. That money is given to the fire departments through y'all, and we're sitting at the fire department making these plans for three years down the road, and then all of a sudden, we've got to spend it on radios when we had a rescue truck that we're ready to you know. Yeah, we're so, in the building a rescue truck yeah. right now, it's probably going to be anywhere close to, by the time we get it, it's probably 400000 just guessing. And whenever we have to go ahead and allocate that money so many years down the road to make our payments. You know, that's that's why I thought that it, Gosh, it'd be nice if everybody could just work together and on something that this is important and it's this expensive that you would need to start now thinking about three years out, 2025. This is an unfunded mandate for the county. Fire departments, all 10 of you, know you've got your requirements too, but this is an unfunded mandate. What, what are your thoughts on it? How can we work together and approach this? You know, that's what we need to start right now. And I understand that. I was just saying that there's a lot of that. I mean, we're building our rescue truck, and we've got that money that we're already earmarking for that in this unfunded mandate. So we yeah. got to make sure the word gets out to all the fire departments saying, hey, you might have to pitch in for that. 
instead of your. And the reason why we're using the county money to build the rescue truck is because the rescue truck will go all over the county to assist. Yeah. We use the city money that we get for the truck that just stays in town unless there's a gigantic emergency somewhere. The ladder truck and all that, that city paid for that truck 100% out of their fund. Yeah. So it's not like we're just using the county fund to go ahead and pay for everything. And we try to be no, really fiscal responsible about it. I mean, we have uh, three trucks that are sitting in our station right now that are paid for by grants. We have an addition in the back of the station that came from LCRA grants. So, I mean, we are hustling hey, out. I, I'm not money. saying you're not using your money well. I'm just saying that the county has an unfunded mandate that by 2025 to provide these radios, and the county uses county taxpayer money that it gives to the fire departments. And I'm not saying they don't use it correctly. I'm just saying there we may have to all get together and say this is a mandate. We have to, you know, and so... That may mean somebody doesn't get a new grass truck or so. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not but we all got to pull together and figure out how we're going to do it. Uh, and I agree with you. I, you know, spend all this money on these radios, and two years later, you know, and, uh, so everybody waits to the very end. So we sure just what, you what can you do with the old radios? Do they have anybody? When you go get a TV and you use no. it for ten years and you sell it, is it worth anything? No. Well, that's nice oh, dragging it out. I, I that pops up to me in the needs statement again. These aren't things that you're requesting in your budget. Sure. These are the things that I think you are required to do. This needs statement as part of your emergency management. Plan. Yes, sir. And, and Homeland Security as well. And I'm going to get Homeland Security, so you're just sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but we, um, yeah, and, you know, we've talked a lot about fire departments, the sheriff's department, constables, EMS. They're also not full compliant. EMS is making some moves towards it, uh, but we still have a lot that are um, that need to be upgraded. And and you mentioned PHI, you know, they need to upgrade as well. It's, it's not just human things that we have some control over the county. Uh, there's a lot of folks. The poor service is still well behind. There's there's a lot of people who are in this boat. Communication is mentioned on every single line of duty death report you see. I've never seen one where there was not some sort of breakdown of communication when it ended in uh, firefighter death. And I, I would have to say that when I was campaigning, it was mentioned to me that that was a big concern to people out there. Radio, uh, consistent radio communication across the county. I wonder how they made it. Uh, I wonder how in World War II they would take 2,000 B-17 bombers 80 different rural strips in England and bring them all together and then fly over on a mission and deliver their ordinance and then all come back and land without decent communications. Where's uh, you, you wonder, yeah, I mean. And 19 year old pilots. And trusts, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> SOPs. Anyway, that, um, it's, well, now everybody's got to be able to know everything and talk to everybody immediately and if you can't talk to them immediately uh, you, you, you don't know what to do because you're you know uh, it's anyway alright anything else when will the grant will be when will we possibly know something about the grant on the radios I don't know and I won't know it will go to Schulenberg Jeff Prosky will get the notification 
I, I mean, I've gone back and checked and I haven't seen it. I, I, it seems to me that once we get that, that's when we just, that, that's you sit down and say, hey, we got, now today we know what to do. That's a big, yeah, that, that typically, that game is typically very difficult to get the first round around. But that doesn't mean, one of the things that we discussed with the firefighters when we were working on this, uh, with Jeff and, and uh, Drew, was that if if we didn't get it this year, we're going to reapply for next year. And, and the that grant is one that is reviewed by firefighters on a state and federal level. So once we get an answer, we can reach out to them and say, how do we need to better, uh, you know, improve our application so we do get we can be funded. All right, Craig, you got anything else? No, sir. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thank you. We'll take all. Of Okay, next. Um, Lunch? I, <laughs> I don't know that we have any other specific departments. Today. I have been in contact with Constable Free to continue. I was not able to do that this week, so I will do that today or tomorrow. Okay. I would like to be able to have a budget workshop if we can next week. Okay, we can do that. Uh, I think we still have a lot, no, a lot more left. We have to go back and review the yeah. salary, so it's going to take a whole while still. Well, so we're not rushed, but but I do need to know when will we start looking at some of our uh, projected revenues? That's in there. All right, those are those are the ones you have the most up to date ones. Okay. That's what these these uh, handouts in this packet are. And it's all preliminary. It's not set in stone. I just kind of did some rough numbers. So when I, when I go through this, these departments, it has 2022 budget and then 2022 year to date. So if I wanted to do an analysis of salaries and overtime, is that a reasonable way to do that is to compare the budget to the year-to-date reasonable but not exact yeah with that it's reasonable but not exact well, I, I, I mean is that more or less if i want to get a rough idea it depends on how the, the, the first big period of the year was split yeah there is some discrepancy but it's for the most part yeah so if i want to do some rough analysis i'll be able to do it with those two numbers you would take the you're talking about the 22 Total budget, right? And the 2022 year to date activity, and double it. And that activity is through June. Okay. Thank you. Can we take a break, a short break for lunch, and come back? Yep. How long? You want an hour? No. No. Fifteen minutes. Twenty minutes. What?
and we need to somehow get to the point of what are we going to do? Do we feel comfortable doing elected official raises or not? Along with, do we feel comfortable pursuing this bill? Based on the preliminary projections. But I will say, this is the most screwed up order. How this does yeah. when we don't get the certified tax roll until after all this. Well, but again, <coughs> as history has told us, the, the, the final certified tax roll is usually higher than the preliminary one. Yeah. So, I, my deal is we work off the preliminary one. And, uh, okay. Now I have a motion. I move we recess until 
throw more guys or trying to be as conservative as they can and you know not buying equipment or not buying this and trying to find ways to uh, balance for the gasoline um, I can't say you know like I have the sheriff's department I don't know what their gasoline is going to look like at the end of this year but if you rolled up to their expenditure line item, you're going to see that they've done exceeded well half I mean, even if you're all Peter pay Paul you have a hard time making that yeah. making that work so I mean we'll be very tight and the, the 12 12.4 million has been spent so far in 2022 right. you can't just multiply that by two because road and bridge is in this too yes. all of our expenses are just starting now yeah no, the next right. two months we're going to roll some money out the door okay so will we be able to have a look at this over the next couple of months yes I mean we, we do this quarterly right you can pull this quarterly I, I guess you pull it every month monthly I guess yeah okay I just think we need to be watching that in the next month to go to the budget here just to kind of see I mean one of the things I, I kind of looked at when I was looking at this and if y'all look at the capital outlay if we're through finally completely with Founders Park, then I get to go build the city of LaGrange. That's somebody I'm going to recoup that's going to have to get some of this expenditure here that we have. What does the 28.2 million represent? All of the. That's, that's the budget, budget request, really. Right, budget request with the 5% raise that we're talking about right now. That's in there. That's in there. So we're very rough, very preliminary. They're looking at potentially a, uh, I don't know, $1.75 million more budget than next year than this year. Yeah, very preliminary, very, okay. And a lot of that is going to be due to the fact that we are putting in more for gasoline also. Not just the 5% raise. Everybody's up to gasoline. We've got the utilities. I mean, I, uh, I go to page 275. I think that's the end of the... We're still unclear. Are you looking at the revenue one now? or The revenue one, the end, the right end there, where you've got, let's see, in 20... 22 that 25.2 million what does that represent in the report total that was your 2022 total budget that we have uh figured in for I guess I don't have total on that 2023 yet. well the next column though is your projected revenues right 20.9 million <coughs> That the twenty point nine million is our or twenty one million really. Yeah. You can get the total to go back back up about three or four pages. Well, I, I the total it's not on the okay. columns, so I, I don't on the group go back up like yeah. Jason twenty six point nine million is the estimated revenue, revenue right now. What is the twenty point nine? That is what we have taken in this year so far. That is our what activity we have uh, had deposited in revenues. Up to July. Up to June. To June. Up in to June. June. Okay. In the June. Okay. 
So for six months. For six months. Well, my goodness, uh, we only had a twenty-five million dollar budget. <clears throat> in the first six months, we've already taken in twenty-one million in revenue. That's revenue, but a lot of that is you get your property taxes in the first year, or sometimes in year four. All that dumps in early for us. Right. That's right. So. And property taxes still make up what maybe would it be 60% uh, safe uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of that, Jason, or you guys? I mean, of what somewhere we have uh, 50, 60% of somewhere in there. So we have about 10 million taken in in property taxes so far, including you know, what we would have taken in for the fire department. Well, actually, a little bit more. So you got a little bridge, too, on yeah. top of that. That was just a general fund, so yes, then we're road and bridge. Where did you get, okay, so in the projected revenue, where did you get the $26 million? Was that in the yellow car? The, where did you get, where is that $26 million projected revenue? All right. Um, where did you Back up that? a few pages. Get past, get a lot of the group summary. Yeah, don't pay attention to the group summary. This twenty six million nine hundred that is on page two seventy two. Two seventy two. Okay. Right after the debt service. Okay, so twenty six million nine oh two eight eighteen, right? Twenty three? Yes. That's what your projected revenue is. Conservatively projecting at that right now. Okay, and then that figure of back there in the back, the projected expenses was what? 28. 28. Well, it was about 1.7. And this is based on our preliminary value that we got. Very, yeah, very rough. Uh, based on the uh, preliminary uh, certified taxable value report we got, which is what, $3.75 billion, $3.7 billion. Yes, if you look at the sheet, you can it up there, yes. Gotcha. So really, the general revenue breaks out at 11, and then road and bridge. And that's using the tax rates from last year. And the road and bridge breaks out as 5.9 million. So. The property tax pieces of, of, of what could be a $28 million budget, the property tax piece would be, what, $17 million, somewhere close to that. And then the, the rest of that would be made up by our sales fees, tax, sales tax, fees, fines, Okay, I guess we can go down and get more into the details. I just want to make sure I have the report right here. And of that property tax value that you're talking about, that is given the, out of that, is given the fire department the two cents, if y'all still want to do the two cents. Yeah. Which is, comes out to be about 750. The indigent health care is 892,000 this year. And that is 8% we have to right. allocate for. 
I mean, the state is providing some of their salary. How much of their salary is the county presiding, providing? From yes. what we could look, and we did not get figures unless we asked them to come in and tell us what they're getting paid from the state. What we could come up with from the state, it looks like they're getting a little bit more from the state than what we are. Say, we're paying, if they're getting 35000 we're paying 31000 something like that. It, it's about half of, a little more than half of what we pay them is what they get. But also is, supplemented is like stuff. Jennifer, <coughs> is she, is she paid for strictly by the county? Yes. Jennifer yes. Pam yes. and the other one is strictly by the county. And those are the, those are probably the ones that are asking for the $2,000? No, they're no. asking for 2000 for, for the whole entire department. Okay. Of the way it was worded to me is they want the 2000 added to what the current budget is and then add the, and then take the 5% on top of the 2000 Well, is there, that's why I want to talk to them. Is right. there any plan for the state to provide them any? I don't know about that. I think in, that would come from your discussion with that uh, district yeah. administrative. And what is the, what is the document or the, the agreement we have with the state that says what part of the salary we provide, <coughs> what part of their salary we provide for those, how many people? Three of them, we three. cover the entire salary, and then there's three others, right? Right, Scott, Kayla, and Sally are the ones that have a different... Is there a document that, that exists or any kind of an agreement between us and the state that, or the Ag Extension? That I would have to go research and see, because I'm not aware of... Is there a chapter or something you know? I don't know off the top of my head. I know that we do have we have had some interlocal agreements in the past, but I believe that that's just like communication wise for our computers and different things, right? Um, we don't fund know that can we fund their what do we, we give them office space? We, what do they pay? They pay nothing to the office space. We provide the office space. We provide all the expenditures, the gas, the workers' comp, printing, work, all everything. that, gasoline, all that. The vehicles. The vehicles half, of, half of the salary for three people. Yeah. But we do not provide them retirement, right? They have state retirement. The first, the, the three agents get state retirement. Right. The rest of them we provide. But the, the agents we're talking about. Yes, the agents get retirement. Uh, Get their retirement through the steps. What about health insurance? Health insurance is all through us. Yeah. It is? Okay. Uh, speaking of the car, they do use the pool car a lot to go to conferences and do all that. That's what you were, yes. Well, no, like truck, they've got some that says, uh, oh, it's having a county vehicle. Okay. Oh. So they are requesting for okay. all of them. They are wrong on the health. It is just the three girls that, from what she's got. Is that what yeah. Scott told me? We just stay on. Yes, no, they have just the three girls. Oh, okay. so all, all six of them. No, so, three three. Three. so they're requesting for all six of those billets. They're requesting raise the base salary by $2,000, plus we want a 5% increase after that. That's what they're requesting, just so I'm clear. Is that correct? Yes. Are there any other 
tried up. The other increases are kind of we put in there based on because you manage all that. I mean, well, they're travel and training and. Those are the increases she requested that salary that came into the yeah, office. Yeah, they didn't request anything on that. It looks like it's salaries, really. And then you've plugged in any increases in insurance and all the other. Yes. I'm curious on those three employees that are full time with the county <clears throat> in the position that they have. Is it pretty comparable with the other departments? I mean, you know what I mean? Because I remember when you were the election department, they, one of their employees, they called it really low. And we talked to them. So are those three employees, are they like, is it average? Are they, for someone else in the county that's doing similar type work, are they four, five, six thousand dollars behind everybody else? Or are they pretty caught up? I mean, so do you want to break our hours either? Do they work a lot of work off the last policy? Or do you want to have them strange hours? Well, no, the agency is Scott and Kayla. They do a lot. They've already done it. It's not here. I don't know about the other thing. I think it's strictly a five-year deal, but I could be incorrect. Their salary set range from 38 to 24. Another department salaries range from 38 to 41. Um, let me look at one more department so here. Projected budget. Um, projected revenues are 28 million. You got you know another department that's 40 to 52, but considering what that department does, they do have a bigger caseload. Another department is 39 to 43. So what they do compared to two of the other departments, I'd say yes, they're on average. Yeah, Some of it's in the revenue, like because we use like road bridge, we won't spend all our money most of the time. When you're counting now, some of the well, if you look at what I think, well, if you look at counting, yours was running from 30 to so yours is a little bit uncomfortable, but may not be based on she's got her girls are a little bit lower paid than eight six months. But Maybe those three. Is, I mean, but that's uh, fine. But the other one's thirty nine to forty two. We can't okay. make any more. Right. District Park. Now, 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 so we can use that. Uh, that. We can use that. that. And that's Same. a number. So it's, it's not showing you what the balance is. We can use our balance. You know, I can say if they were down to thirty two and stuff like that, it'd be a different story. But they're not. Yes. 
I said, this is all just preliminary shit. <coughs> the road and bridge, I don't, I'm not comfortable. I know <coughs> what y'all are requesting with your, compared to what you had issues with. I mean, do you know that? Do y'all mm -hmm. know? I mean, we haven't discussed it openly. I mean, I just didn't know. Could we just, I mean, how much more are you, like, how much more are you request? What were you, compared to your budget last year, how much more? 1.7, last year was 1.6. Well, give or take a few. I went from 1.4 to 1.5. Yeah, they were and very conservative. There is something, you know, the person has to do without, you, can, you know, some equipment and stuff we put in there, but <coughs> to where you can drop it. But, okay, for I, the reason why I asked this, for example, <coughs> you just said 1.5. Right, I'm looking at this chart. And I'm seeing 1.219. That's what I was just saying a while ago. Um, we don't typically, I mean, we may use all the money in one year, but all of us have reserves, and sometimes we use those reserves in our budget. Right. So if you just go by this taxable, the money from the tax rate you're going to get, that's not painting a good picture because, I mean, I usually kind of hold back. I mean, Varies year to year, maybe fifty thousand one year, maybe two hundred thousand the next year, because you don't want to spend everything because you don't know what's going to happen. So yeah. reason for reserves. But you may need some of those reserves you're holding now to get you through this year. Right. But I, I think right now that number will get me through, and the current current year's budget I will make it work with your current year's budget based on the increase in the cost you think with your current year's budget you're gonna be okay. Yeah. He now, just won't go buy he won't go buy equipment or something that he may have had. Now it is gonna get a little little construed because that tech stock grant, I have a hundred and something thousand dollars already went out of road materials. Well that's gonna come back in revenue this year. Yes. So I will spend a little more in road materials but I also got it back. So I guess my question is, do the commissioners feel like the budget they're operating on for this year will get them through the year <coughs> without going into any of your reserves? Which could be needed to make the budget for next year. Your budget for next year. Okay. And so what you do, what do y'all do, do? Just you may have to cut back, right? On the, not buy some equipment yet, budgeted for this next six months, or not pay as much. Maybe I mean I don't know. Is that the way you're? Yeah, we did 14 miles of road last year. There's no way I'm going to come anywhere close to that. So I'm going to be on about six miles of road this year. This is what you have to do. You can't just keep going and spending if you don't have to. Take a couple years to adjust all this normal stuff. Okay, and so there's uh, what was your what uh, Luke, what did you request this year? What was yours? I didn't know. Uh, what was yours? 2.355. 2.355. So you're the 1.6 to 2.3. <coughs> I'm guess this, that's what 500,000 bucks. Again, this is preliminary. It's going to be higher, but okay. 
Precinct three, 1.757, what would you request? That's not, that's not my information. No, I know. No, this is what I'm, this is what everybody's requesting this year. Okay, so, but we're projecting 1.7, almost 1.8, you're requesting 2.1. So again, there's $300,000 there. So, again, very preliminary. The certified vote is probably going to be higher. Revenues, we'll look at them at the end of the month and stuff. I'm, I'm just, the point I'm making is that we are requesting, we may be requesting more than what our initial projections are. And that may be okay because the final, what we know is not a projection, but what we're basing the budget on may very well satisfy those. But right now, it's showing that we're short. But we're also, you take the income for road and bridge right. and the expenses for road and bridge and you add them all up and subtract them. We're, we're over on our expenses by 1.8 million right. versus our income. Right. But that's where I go back. I mean, we've done it for a lot of years. Is use some, use some of the revenue from last year <coughs> and roll it over to the next year. Right. And my concern is again, is that you have some of those that you know you have to face this inflation and these costs. Is that you have something to roll over next year to meet the budget? Well, and we have more in reserves that we're not putting into the budget. Right. We're using a portion of the reserves to fund the next year's budget. No, but I'm talking about this year, getting you through this year. You, you think that you're just going to get through there with the budget you've got now. The way you're going to do that is just cut. You're not going to suck a lot of reserves out right. to get through this year. Okay. Makes sense. Because we count on those reserves. I don't think we make a count on those reserves for next year's budget. Okay. One thing I did not have put in here because I was going to check with Jason or y'all on this West Point sewer system because I don't have any expenditures plugged into it because I know we are. We should be, should be through. So I should not have any utilities yeah, yeah. well, or anything for this. Back up. We should be through for the most part. <laughs> as long as we can get rid of stocks, get to a point where we're not getting in from work to come do the monitoring, that'll save us $3,500 a month. Uh, we're giving the plants away, so there shouldn't be any cost there. There's some decontamination of the lines, but now we're saying we're gonna utilize them, so I don't think we'll have to do all of that. So, But it should all be done this year. So I shouldn't have to have anything in next year's budget for I don't think so. I will try to get with Clint on that. Okay. Make sure. Because I didn't find it at the moment. The projected revenues, let's see, the projected expenses of $28 million, I think that's what it was somewhere around there, includes a 5% across the board. And it also includes everything the it includes, it assumes everything is a yes. We haven't gone through <coughs> That's line correct. by line and said no, 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 yes, yes, no. So there'll be some, that will be pared down. Uh, right. I mean, we're, we're, yeah, we have a lot of We're just trying to get the input now. Right. But, uh, 
that will be pared down somewhat too. So, I mean, I feel comfortable that we could throw that out as a 5% uh, increase in salary for the, for the employees. That's, we'll probably get some static from that, but I, you know, I, at the CAPCOG meeting, uh, that was the minimum in what some of these judges, you know, Caldwell County is proposing a 5% for theirs, and they picked up their uh, increase in health insurance for them too, but we done so. And some of the departments that are asking for a little more needs to stop and realize that we have absorbed a lot in the health insurance. Well, I wanna, I wanna look, at, I wanna keep looking at those requests where they've requested a little more than the five percent. What is the priority of the sheriff's office? Uh, again, we said we've got everything. I asked them to submit everything they wanted. In my opinion, I think 25% pay raises right now with the situation we're in is, is not realistic. Do they deserve them? Maybe they do, but it's just not realistic right now under economic times we've got. So, but what is their priority? What what really is, and to me, the, the statements they made were jailers and dispatchers. So do we want to look at giving them 5%, more than 5%? I don't know. I mean, but to me, if we had to bust that five percent to go, that might be what we would look at. <clears throat> no. So that's still, you know, I get. I guess what I'm trying to say it's still out there. We want people that we think need more than five percent. Uh, and and I agree. In those two departments, we do need to look at that. And along that, with the receptionist that he has there or finding an additional part-time help for her. Elected officials, 5%. Well, the elected officials don't deserve 5%. You have politicians, you got to be kidding me. Well, so I guess we could be great politicians and say, you know, we love our county so much. As elected officials, we're not going to request 5%. They're not going to get a raise at all. No, they're going to get 3%. I don't think that's right. I think if you're going to give the employees of the county a 5%, you need to give the elected officials a 5%. Uh, that's my thoughts on that. I just, you, you got to keep up. You got to, you know, so again, the community may have something they want to say about that. But. Well, I'd like to ask about the long-term cost of living increases because I, I understand the nature of these. I, I would be more supportive of yearly increases of say one, one and a half percent you know, as a matter of policy every year. Has anybody ever grabbed a calculator and looked at one or two percent per year every year, how quickly that ends up? And so, you know, I, I'd like to see long term going back to more of a system where it's, it's a consistent yearly thing, but a small amount. And then every year, instead of debating whether or not we get an increase this year, we're debating is it one percent or one and a half percent or two or whatever it might be. And you take a couple of years, you don't get anything, you got to double up. That's right. And so we're in a position now where it's, it's very going to be politically unfavorable to even suggest this thing, that it, you know, maybe more palatable to do 1% every year or something. Well, I think the first two years I was in here, we said we didn't have no pay increases. And, you know, the COVID hit, and we were, you know, in addition to that, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it 
COVID hit the county economically, our county as bad as it did others, but I also felt like probably 90% of the people who work for the county were getting checks from the federal government. The money was flowing from COVID. And so that would get us by, get us through. So I, but now you're right, if we can get, and then now we fed now, so we get through COVID and then this economic crisis hits and we're chasing 11.5% inflation, you know. And you're right, we shouldn't be chasing inflation. We should probably think beyond the end of our nose and start, you know, that 2%, 2 2%. But you got to stick with it. you got to stick with it if the economy even gets worse. you got to stick with it if the economy gets better. You know, you got to, I mean. And you can't really ever keep up with inflation. It's, it's designed that way on purpose. So it's, but one thing, we have to keep up with our, our labor force because, I mean, that's we have to have employees here. And it's getting more challenging every day to try to keep up with that price because the price of labor is going up everywhere. <coughs> I mean, it used to be you had a minimal job and you worked for $10 an hour. Well, 10 years later, which isn't much longer, you're, you're getting paid $20 an hour. I mean, how'd you go wrong? Price is going up. Yeah. I, and I still think it's going to get worse. Oh, I do too. I think it's going to be sustained this time too. I, this is going to be a real test on how tough the kind of people, how tough our, our country is. You know, our, our CD, I have 10 employees and 9 of them have CDLs. And if they all decide to go drive for 80000 next week for somebody else, and I have nobody to replace them because I can't find CDL drivers. But I mean, they can go make 80 grand. Okay, well, why aren't they doing that? Because they have to travel over the road. It's, it's the why same reason. It's not the same reason. I believe because our sheriff's department, the people that have Our guys, I mean, because I will say the sheriff said, we're good leaders. The guys enjoy working for us. I don't know anybody, any of the employees that hate their people they work for. I and mean, they enjoy it. Our guys enjoy going home every day. They enjoy the hours we work. They enjoy it. I can call any of them. It's something you know, I'm sure. And say, hey, we set it. Sunday night at six o'clock, we got a tree in the room. And I've never had any place. So is that yeah, now good enough to say that's why you're not, that's why they're not going to give you a large pay increase, you know? Because you're really not going to go anywhere. And you like being here and you like the benefits and you like living here and you like the leadership. And I mean, that is, that's important. Uh, I think if they, if we also, you, when you, I guess what I'm saying, well, if they don't give you more money, I'm, we're going to go somewhere else. Well, are you? I mean, we, we, we probably all used to have people lined up asking for a job. Mm -hmm. I don't have anybody. I haven't had anybody for probably two years asking for a job. And also, like I already said, you don't take care of the ones you got because if you lose, if you lose a couple of them, I can tell you, it's hard to replace somebody right now. I think if nobody wants to work here, you know, give them a little bit of a raise like you've been doing, I think it's that you know. I understand you can't give me a 10% rate, you know, you need a three, four, you know, even when they got a three, I had no one really complained about three, they got about three percent is a decent raise, but you know, I just well, I, I just feel like any discussion of pay raises are I include discussion on long term policy. Just my opinion. My opinion. And I am you know, I I I get a calculator and do one percent for ten years and see over a four year term and see what it does for salary. And yeah, then do two percent. 1.5 that would probably be low uh, again this 
meeting, some of these county judges are looking at that long-term thing and going three and four or five percent. Wow. And just remember, there's a private sector that doesn't get to vote for uh, wage increases. And so we, we can't, I mean, I agree that you have to maintain the employees. They're all valuable. It's the greatest asset of many businesses, their employee. But we're still dependent upon the private sector for our funding. And are the taxpayers making more money? I mean, I know the property values are going up, but that doesn't do anybody any good unless they're selling. So I, I just, you know, is there a way to, to gauge in the community how the wages have increased over this last year? Can we talk to Walmart, HEB, small, you know, have their salaries gone up? The median, I mean, the median salary in Fayette County is right around 61000 I think, right now. Well, I think that their salaries, probably, their hourly wages, I know, have gone up because they can't find people. They're hurting. So their answer is <coughs> raise the Walmart, raise the hourly rate. You know, uh, and it's, it's they, that's their problem. They can't find people either. Social Security puts out adjusted COLA every year now. It used to be a set rate, yeah. and now they put it out. It's usually well under 3%, and everybody's fussing because everybody thinks 3% is what a COLA should be. This year it's 5.9%. No. It, it, um, and having a policy that would say, hey, we're going to set it at, at Social Security COLA every year and then decide to vote on vote and that might be a, a good starting point, you know, something of that nature. It, but, um, but that's a huge increase, though. Every year. In addition to what your COLA would be on your Social Security. I mean, I, inflation has been a lot more than 2% for a long They were saying 2% five years ago. It, it was 10% forever. And it, now it's just going through the roof. They, just, they changed their metrics and they lie. So it's been bad forever. I just don't have a clue what that would be. And the five percent are we pulling that out of the air? I gosh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I'm just looking at the the inflation. But then again, I'm sitting here telling you we shouldn't be chasing inflation. But I mean, we've got to be, we've got to be, we've got to, our employees. And they right now are our, our most important asset. They're going to go somewhere else. They're going to give them a five percent pay raise. But eventually they might. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's what you're trying to head off. Same with the sheriff's department. Mm -hmm. it's a prime example is you're trying. They're trying to head that off now. I will say their rate was a little bit high to try to get headed off. But this also gives them a five percent across the board. About the overtime issue, are we going to address overtime with these farmers that are, you know? Well, I mean, it really goes back to the budget. It should they should not exceed their amount. I mean, to, I haven't gotten to look at that stuff yet. So. And we need to get a little stricter on it. I think make sure that that doesn't happen. I mean, there's pieces. They have no choice. Yeah. We have no choice. If there's an emergency. We have to have somebody there. We have no choice. They have to work overtime. Sure. Well, you should have them. overtime. These partners should have overtime in their budget, right? I mean, they should be planning on that. They should be planning on it, but they, they don't. Going well. The only one that has planned on it and hadn't made any contingencies for overtime was the EMS. Okay. 
you need to be looking at that very closely. You've got to stick within your budget. I mean, if, you've got a, if you're exceeding that because of overtime, you need to come and tell us about it and why. You know. so I mean, is it a problem you don't have people? Is it a, you know, what, what's the deal?
see, it, should be, it should be the same as every other county official. County official on the, on the whole county, like the district clerk, county clerk, access collector. What are you saying? The staff salary should be the same? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know why it's not. That's what I recall as well. The judge had passed up a raise. I recall that as well. What Cassie said that judge had passed up a raise like four or five years or you know six yeah. years ago or something. Right. I don't remember. Exactly. Yeah, but it wasn't very Probably. much.
those two items. Okay. But I, I have some of the workshop. Yes. Okay. So <coughs> I don't think I, maybe I'm wrong. Have we decided on my position? Let's go back and look at yours here. Where is yours? Let's pull okay. yours up. Recycling. What is that? What, what is the uh, fund number on recycling? What page is it on? Yeah. It's on 232. Department 595. It's kind of at the end. Like, it's before public assistance. Yes, sir. Recycling Center, Department 595. Expenses, correct? Is that what we're looking at? No, we're looking at Recycling Center, Department yeah. 595. Right, that's on yeah. 232. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, Paul. Okay, I was just wondering if we made a decision on my position because we took that position out. Uh, <laughs> and so you see my overall budget decrease, but if I'm still in department head, we need to add a part time person, a part time employee to fill the void. And so um, that would bring it right back up to what. The 2022 budget is if we add a part time employee at 28 hours at $17 an hour, 24 75 2, and that brings my total budget right back to my 23 budget to 22. It's an $844 increase overall. So basically, what I'm saying is we need to add a part time employee or decide. If I'm keeping my department head status, or you have to fill the part full time because it's currently it's out. There's nothing in the budget for that. And okay. the question would be his his status. Forty dollars still. The stipend is there. Yeah. Okay. But the the full time Position, employee the is gone. Paul figured it. Out. I see it sort So if the full time employee is gone, we need to add at least a part time.
other than that, we just need to add a part-time employee, I think. And that's what the budget didn't have. So I would like to do a budget amendment. I'll put that in here. That 5%? 5%, <clears throat> is that Billy and I get the two stipends for security and traffic? Is that on on our base or on the on the included? No, I think it's on base, base right now. Okay. Base.
we can put that in it. I can talk to Clint. We can put that if, if you want to do the variance thing as well. I'm just going to talk out loud here. Um, with all that, um, if that would be enough time. One, one final question, based on your projections, which are very difficult, based on what we've been through the last three, four years and what we're going through now, would you say that your revenue projections are conservative? Conservative. I, I went real conservative on which I wanted to maybe feedback with you on some of them. Uh, like I said, and I didn't go ask Linda. Looking at hers, um, from when I was crunching them last night, for some reason all the district court fees look like they're low. The district courts. Hers are great. Hers yeah, are historically been higher than anybody. Huh? Historically, this yeah, has been So I don't know if I don't have all the reports in, which I need to ask Patty. Can you about that? Well, but what's yeah. interesting, you know, is that the county attorney has sat here and said, how many more have they indicted? Did you mm -hmm. have any more? So you would think they're... Well, be higher. Would be higher. So but that, it, you may want to check with them. Yeah, well, those filing fees, maybe a lot of you are, I mean... And I don't know what makes up an arrest fee. Where is it? Which doesn't make sense if you're having more people coming to the court. That doesn't make sense. That's probably why they're rescued. No, I think we're good now. We'll just and you got to okay, so refine them and then we're going to accept their comments from the budget workshop. Yeah. And then you got to hop sugar comes on top of that. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. We'll close that workshop and then we've got to go to agenda item 32. Uh, no, no, we got to go back up to oh, no, we, 29. We I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Would you be happy to uh, share mm -hmm. what page that is? <laughs> I got it right. Oh, on it's on page 184. <laughs> Agenda item 29. Consider take appropriate action yes. to propose salaries, expenses, and allowances of elected county and precinct officers for year 2023. So, when you say what's going to be posted, the proposed salaries? It would be the paper. Right. Okay. That, that is the proposed salaries. But the way this is worded, it says proposed salaries, expenses, and allowances. So, is that, I mean, that's almost their budgets. <laughs> that was always the wording that I was provided. By I covered, I think it's just their salaries. So, yeah. Can we not post this on this? Yeah, I thought that that's what it was. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's all y'all doing. That's all y'all doing. That's all y'all doing. That's all y'all Let's take a look at those. And that's with the, is that with the 5%? Yes.
long as you just authorize her to do it, she can then do it anytime she needs to for the code, which is 10 days before the public hearing that we, we haven't decided when that was going to be yet. So there'll be about two weeks of I'm going to authorize the county auditor to publish the proposed salary expenses and allowance of the county precinct, precinct officers for 2020. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimous. Do I have another motion? I move to adjourn the meeting. Is there a second? Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Thank you.